Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour, so I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona, and then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. It just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, so that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. 
I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there. JMSComedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a comedian and I'm ignorant. That's why we're here. We're learning. We're making an ass out of ourselves. Well, I am. Anyway, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Please subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes. It helps. Makes me feel good. Makes other people uh, find the podcast a little bit easier because we show up a tiny bit higher in those ranks, the more... um. What's it called? Reviews we get? Not ranks, but search things. When people start typing in ignorance, we'll pop up quicker, basically. Uh, and, you know, we'll maybe pop up in there noteworthy and et cetera, et cetera. <sighs> Plus, then more of us can learn answers to our ignorant questions. And thank you so much to those who have already left those reviews and subscribed. Love you guys. You guys are so fucking amazing. Shout out to my best idiots forever, Gene, Dustin, Kathy. From my Patreon, patreon.com slash ignoranceisblessed, where I release the episodes with no intro a little bit earlier, and uh, you get bonus content, you can get postcards from me on the road, cool packages, VIP uh, tickets, etc. etc. Um, yeah, I got some shows coming up. You can see links to tickets to uh, I, almost all of them. JMSComedy.com slash shows. They'll be in Tampa next Wednesday, the 13th. When I'm also, by the way, dropping a second podcast with my best friend, Nicole Amy Schreiber. We started an interactive podcast. Slightly interactive. It's called Name That Pod for now. So we need your name suggestions. And we are taking them in the form of iTunes podcast reviews. <sighs> Voting first round will begin when we get the first 50 and we are not choosing a name till we get 500 reviews. So you will have the opportunity to submit a name up to 500 reviews. Anyway, I digress. Tampa next Wednesday, the 13th. And then that weekend I will be in Nashville opening for big J Okerson and Steve Ranazizi from the league. And, uh, then I do platonic enemies tour at the end of the year, December 4th. I'll be in Raleigh. December 5th, Asheville, December 8th, I believe Baltimore. I'm waiting for confirmation on that because we're still not on their website at Magoobies. Asheville is at a place called Fleetwoods Rally. We are at Goodnight's Comedy Club on December 10th. I'm coming to Virginia Beach. Tell your Virginia Beach friends and family and enemies. Tell me who your enemies are. Send me pictures. I will harass them from the crowd. Um, Funny Bone, Virginia Beach. December 11th, we are at Helium at in Philly and December 12th, we are at The Stand in New York City, upstairs at The Stand. December 4th, we're in Portland, Maine. I'm sorry for yawning. Listen, I'm doing it with my friend Buddy Hutton. We are still looking for a venue in Boston. I'm on hold to confirm for one where we'd just be doing 
spots on a show, but we're looking for a venue to do our own show. The clubs have not responded, and one of them wanted to charge us a ludicrous amount of money to do the show. So I said no. Um, I'd rather just do spots than uh, pay a club that's fucking people money. Uh, anyway, I haven't been to Boston since 2014. Buddy uh, worked in Boston, so we both have a bunch of people who want to see us. Because he used to live there, he doesn't now, so everyone is gung-ho to come see him as well. And all my Boston people are wondering where the fuck I've been. So hopefully we will secure a venue on the 15th. Also looking in the Roanoke area between all of Baltimore Falls through. Maybe that's a moot point. Um, but we're looking for something between... Asheville and Baltimore. So I was looking at those Virginia Blue Ridge Mountains because you kind of drive through those according to Google Maps. We shall see. But those are the shows for now. Enough about me. Let's talk about this podcast. Baraz Ozell is my guest today. He is an incredible comedian. All around just fucking awesome dude too, by the way. I've known him for years. And the minute I met him, I'm like, this guy is just, he was just like positive and happy and fucking rad so I was excited to finally sit down with him we talked about how he grew up Muslim but he has since ventured off into a different uh, way of living uh, just sort of a more spiritual uh, way of life we talked about that a lot but also uh, we talk about how uh, maybe he circled back a little bit to his Muslim roots through that journey um, anyway He's awesome. I will bite your ear off. No more. I don't know why I said bite your ear off. What am I, Mike Tyson? L- listen, it doesn't matter. Here he is. Faraz was out Muslim and, and more. Hey, idiots. Uh, it's me. I'm here with Faraz Ozell. Hi. He's an incredible comedian. I don't know. I'm such I'm so bad at like intros and stuff. I'll do a more formal one just so you know in the, in the intro, intro I, thing. Intro I tack on. But uh, zesty to draw him in. Yes, you've already heard in that intro if you if you've made it this far. A, an incredible comedian, awesome dude. You guys can't see it, but right now, amazing mustache. It's on there. Big fan. Was that a let me ask? just a choice because or was it a like because I know you're like acting and Yeah. No, this isn't an acting thing. If anything, it's like I have to shave it whenever I have auditions. And then when I don't have a slew of auditions and like I just grow the beard back and then when the mustache is ready, I shave the whole beard and I get this really thick uh, Hulk Hogan-like mustache. Yes, it's very like 70s vibe. Yeah. You're like Freddie Mercury. It is often associated with gayness is what I'm finding or Mexican-ness. I'm either... Yeah, yeah. it's so... my uh, Which isn't my goal. Is, I'm not, not I'm trying to be Mexican. <laughs> or gay or gay Mexican. It's fine. I have no problem with either of these things. It's just not what I'm trying to rap. Yeah, that is an interesting thing of the mustache that it's yeah. a big, it's like a big gay thing. Yeah. My boyfriend had one. He like just shaved it, but I think it looks cool. I love it. I love yeah. mustaches. Thank you. Which I don't know what that says about me because it's also a pedophile. Like yeah. A, why is there so many negative things associated with it? <laughs> I like the mustache because I think it shakes shit up a little bit. I think that without my mustache, I have a generally kind of cookie cutter appearance almost. This is different. This kind of makes you like, what's up with this guy? Yes. Or like when people, I'm the kind of person where without this or like even when people see my tattoos, they go, oh, you have tattoos? You don't seem like a person that would have tattoos. And I've just come to the conclusion that my general visage 
is on a level of cookie cutterness that doesn't reflect what I am or how I feel. Oh, yeah, because you do have like an appearance that I guess people could, without the mustache, could be like very innocent. Or, oh yeah, people um, be like, "Do you drink?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then they're like, "Oh, do you smoke?" I'm like, "I do." Fucking a lot more than that. That's so you funny because just... I'm the opposite. Everyone's like, are you sure you don't smoke cigarettes every day? Like, I don't smoke at all. And people are like, a pack a day, right? And I'm yeah. like, what? No. But they're like, then what's in your jean jacket pockets? They're like, you're on cocaine all the time. I'm like, no, I'm just annoying. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. Well, I yeah. wonder, I guess that sort of leads us into our topic because you grew up Muslim, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, do you think some people look at you and they're like, you're brown, you're probably Muslim. I bet you don't drink. Do you think yeah. That's- I think that happens. And I think that, you know, I'm not one of these like people that, some people, if you try to insinuate what they're about based on their culture that they're probably a part of, they try to get offended. They get offended for some reason. Oh, yeah. Right? They're like, oh, you just you think that because, it, of, right. because of the color of my skin? It's like, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I go for like, call me crazy. I try to dig into what's this person's intention right now. Yeah. And most of the time they're trying to be considerate, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, you're, or if I talk about Muslim stuff on stage or growing up Muslim on stage and they yeah. know me, they're like, oh, do you drink? You probably don't drink. And I'm like, no, I don't really follow that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. I, was, I was raised that way, but. But no, I'm fine. What do you got? Yeah, you know? usually it's like they're either. Yeah, I think consider is the main thing. Yeah. And then there's some people who maybe know nothing or little to nothing about the culture. So they do want to be like, I don't, uh, yeah, I mean, probably yeah. the same angle of just like, do you eat meat at all? Or yeah. is it just the pig? Is it pigs or is it cows or is it? I dated. This is so off topic. And I'm I dated a guy who was Hindu in college. And um, we my sorority had an event. Uh, called Woodser, where we do like, uh, it's like very cowboy-esque and there's a hayride and people were blackout drunk on this hayride and another <laughs> girl's date. We like pass all these farm animals and <laughs> and he's not like, I mean, his family was, a, he t- technically still wasn't, but he wasn't like some sort of devout, Hindu. you know. He still ate your roast beef. I mean, like, yeah, hello. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He better have liked it. That's right. Um, Pastrami. Anyways, one of the drunk frat guys that was someone's date poured out their beer on a cow we were passing and the girl just looked straight at him. She's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it was just the weirdest. Like, I was like, I don't, I don't think you need to apologize to him for right. that. But like, she thought like a single tear was going to be going down his yeah, eye. Because he, he was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you should be sorry. He's like, I'm so... Who, that's just a terrible thing to do. It's such like a frat guy thing to do, right? And to just like, I know, to just pour beer on an animal. I mean, you should be sorry to the animal because yeah. it's shitty. Yeah. Um, and probably whoever owns it. But like, I mean, sorry, the roundabout point of that was that, yeah, people hear these little things and mm-hmm. little nuggets and they're like, I guess everyone's like that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just get into it, I guess. Yeah. Um, are your parents... Uh, were they immigrants or? Yes. So my parents came here when they were pretty young, though. My dad came when he was like 18 to go to okay. college at Fresno State. Um, and his it's a cool, it's a really classic, cool immigrant story that I've been like trying to write. Like I have a film like beat it out in my head about it. It's just That's whether awesome. I want to actually like write the whole thing. I mean, no, coming but, up with the idea is way yeah. more fun than the than actually it, writing yeah. than just telling people it on the podcast you feel like you've done 80% of whatever <laughs> yeah. whatever internal joy would come from putting in 10 $50,000 to try to film it. Low I budget. know, fuck. But um, no, so my dad showed up in Fresno and we asked him why he went to Fresno State and he said he had a friend that was there and when you were in Pakistan in Karachi in that year, my dad's like 74, 75 now, okay. right? So that year, they were just like, oh, I'm going to go to an American university and it was just like, amazing, you're going to an American. That's just so funny. They didn't so really care funny. that much. They're like, what's cheap, what's cool, what seems like pretty good and where, where are other people I know already That's there? so funny to just yeah. think, I don't, I don't know how many people listening have been to Fresno, but the idea of someone just overseas being like, I'm going to Fresno. It's like 
It's it's just it's uh for those of you who don't know, no. it's just kind of very like podunk. I don't know, I like just a smaller in theory, trashy California town. It's I'm sure like there's a, different parts. I've been to the it, shitty parts. Yeah, in general, it's like a piece of Alabama, like rural Alabama has just got teleported into yes, California. that's such a good way to put uh, it. You'll find Trump flags. You'll find uh, just far, just farmland, farms yeah. upon farms upon farms. And, you know, uh, yeah, not a great place. So it's, yeah, it's kind of funny for some him. He probably had like a poster of like a picture of New York City on his wall. And yeah. he's like, I'm leaving Karachi <laughs> off to see the glitz and glamour of America. And then he shows up in fucking Fresno, Fresno. 1972. Which so like, it's even like God knows how awful it is now. It was probably worse then. Yeah. And his homie picks him up on like a bicycle or something like a, oh a really sm- either a really small car where you had to like sit on top of another guy or a bicycle. I don't know if I turned it into a bike in my Just head. Just like a cartoon. Yeah, um, like a cartoon. Ten of them. This is not as it. Ten of them shared like a one bedroom apartment. They just slept all over the floor. Is that a stereotype? I think so. I think it can be a stereotype, but like, see, those types of stereotypes, I'm not even like offended by. And I think that people should need to like understand them as a compliment, as a, as something to be proud of than a stereotype. Cause you want to talk about like hustle porn nowadays, right? Like hustle porn, like Gary V or Eric the Preacher, like you, how hard are you willing to work? You want to succeed as much as you want to breathe. You know, (laughs) these guys came out here and they just slept in like uh, sleeping bags all over the floor. They all put paid rent together because they were working as much as they could while going to school, getting straight A's and then sending money back to Pakistan. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, and now, like literally all of those guys are millionaires it's like they lived in that apartment it's like where, wild. where, where are the rest of them are they all married <laughs> i assume and they're all married families. in 70 you can probably go steal one someone's circling the drain yeah someone's circling the drain somewhere <laughs> somewhere was he already yeah. with your mom did he meet her in no he met her over here in the like the, the the communities that were hanging out over here and then his mom came to visit one time and he got like the thumbs up and said i'm into this one and his mom said cool and then they got married um, they keep, arranged marriages aren't, uh, they can be, they can, yeah, be. yeah, they are. They are in like the old country. Okay. They're definitely, especially like even Pakistan right now, it's more modern. <laughs> Give me just a second. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's see you guys. I'm not going to try to jump back in and for us to pretend that, that that pause never happened. Madison Shepard, former guest of the show came down the stairs and we started talking. So I paused it. But anyways, we're diving back in. Yeah. This is how my show goes. It's fine. Um, we were talking about, oh, arranged marriages. Yeah. Arranged marriages. So like even in Pakistan nowadays, it's a little bit more like, what do you think of this person? It's more like your parents float the idea a lot of the time. And the yeah. parent, the kid still has a say in whether they're yeah, into it or not. It's not just like you're marrying that person. We traded you for a goat in a microwave or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The old, horrible stereotype. Whatever the old uh, joke is. Uh, yeah, it's just hacky premise. Yeah, just a hacky premise, right? I'm so sorry. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> it probably was a thing in the 80s. But in, in in America especially, it like totally doesn't go down that way because the, the parents know that they've, most of the parents know they brought you here. They'll float ideas. A lot of times like, what do you think of this person? What do you like, think of that have person? Have you met her? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've met, and most of the time you've met, like someone that you like knew from the community and like you saw like, well, What other. do you think about this person? What do you yeah. think about that person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one time my mom showed me, she, she was like, oh, this person's daughter is like interested in you. What do you think? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, can I see like a, she, you met her before? I was like, I can't remember. I'm really bad at names. I barely ever like hang out or go to these community things because I've yeah. always just been kind of on the outskirts of it based on my lifestyle. Yeah, you're um, a rebel. Yeah, I, I don't hang out at that thing where people aren't drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to get <laughs> drunk to hang out at that thing where people are drinking. Yeah, I have anxiety. Um, yeah, but then I, as I got older, I found out that most of them were the same way too. And everybody was just paranoid about the other kids finding out because your parents are always telling you, like, don't talk to this person's kid about the thing you do because they're going to tell their parents and think we're bad parents. So it's, all the kids oh, it's are all just that, like, like, sweep it under the rug. Yeah. 
so all the kids are doing shit, but all the kids are like, are you one of the cool ones? Can I tell you? Can I trust you? Is what I learned when I got oh, older. Oh, wow. So it's all this, like, we all want to keep up the image that we're just, like, mm -hmm. pure and following all the rules. But yeah. pretty standard for, I think, most communities. Yeah. Especially any type of religion. Yeah, especially in religion or old country type shit. And that's one reason I got super into stand-up is because a whole lifetime of being told, like, you can't say this, you can't say that. It's like stand-up's the equivalent of shouting it from a rooftop, right? Oh, like, absolutely. This is what I am. This is why I'm horrible. This is why I'm not. Whatever. These are my issues. Here I'm we gonna go. say that. Yeah. Yeah, Too bad. Exactly. How'd your parents feel when you said you were getting into stand-up? They were like, uh, well, are you sure you want to do this? Because I, I was always a really good student. And yeah. like I got into law school and other stuff like that. And then at the last minute, I was like, I have also been doing stand-up for the last two years in college. And uh, this is what I want to give a solid shot to. So my parents are cooler than... I give them credit because... Cause I think they reacted better than 99% of like my peers' parents would have reacted. Yeah. Their main concern was just, my dad was just like, can you please stop doing vulgar material? <laughs> and, and two, don't be homeless. Like just, just don't be homeless and be, figure make out a way to keep a roof over, roof over your head. Yeah. That's and it was reasonable. Ask, did you stop doing vulgar material? No, I didn't actually. I stood, <laughs> I stood my ground, but I'm, naturally my material has got less vulgar because I was a 20 year old, two year comic. Yeah. You don't time. have much to talk about. And yeah. it's, that age be like oh yeah fucking tits bro. and yeah in my life and i was like president of my fraternity i was like oh yeah i was living a very vulgar life so <laughs> it was hard not to write shit that wasn't you know like, well, i don't do anything that doesn't involve beer or semen so <laughs> yeah. i'm either coming yeah. on a woman or chugging something either way um, yeah. but then so um so she tried my mom was trying to show me pictures of this girl that might have been interested or whatever but she was only showing me like headshots and oh, I was very like professional pictures, just like nice, like, oh, like just from photos. the neck up. Yeah. And I was like, and I didn't know how to tell my mom, like, yo, what's up with them titties though, ma? Yeah. You're like, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but like, <laughs> that's nice. She seems very pretty. She's like very pretty face and all, but, and that's cool not to be a shallow I need to asshole. see that body. And also in today's day and age, you know, from photos and not to be like, you no, know, I mean, they crop from the chin down. Yeah. Like, and what, like, what other chins are she hiding? Yeah. And I'm like, what, what, what am I dealing with? Is she welterweight, light heavy? What am I dealing with here? Yeah. Does she have both her arms? Like what's yeah, happening? What's going on? You know, I need to see some body. I just you need know? to know. Is she an ethereal concept attached to the face? So, <laughs> uh, but that's, so then I also was just like, I can't do this. I'm too much of a romantic and also i just know that there would be i just know that i'm not cut from that general way of life that like yeah. anyone that's even the least bit traditional that's gone to like higher education school and into that kind of life path or whatever they're not going to be on this journey like i can't get into a situation with anybody who's not like 110 percent understands what this journey is and is on board your you know? beautiful spiritual journey my beautiful spiritual, my beautiful spiritual journey. journey, giant journey, coupled with the stand-up, which actually intertwine a lot, right? Oh, I mean, you yeah, know, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. I want to circle yeah. back yeah. to that. I'm but, going on um, tangents. No, I mean, me Where too. Where were we? Muslim I stuff? I want to make sure I don't up. forget all the Muslim stuff because I can dive into spiritual stuff all day. Yeah, so where are we? So arranged oh. marriage stuff for me, uh, yeah, never had any of that shit happen. Then my, so my parents came here. They met. They they got married. They had kids. Uh, I'm the I have three older siblings. I'm okay. the last one. And oh, so baby. I feel, yeah, so I feel like my older siblings really wore them down based on their expectations of what their kids would be in relation like, to. like, I just stay alive, yeah. I guess, or yeah. don't at this point. Yeah. Like, wow. Based, none of my, none of my siblings followed like cultural expectations or religious expectations. So like, by the time you grew up, they're like, yeah, we get it. You're not going to do it. Yeah. Things. But I was actually the one that did. For uh, a long time? I prayed 
at five times a day until I was like 20 years old. Really? And even my parents don't pray five times a day. And none of my siblings pray, period. Like I went to private Muslim school from kindergarten through eighth grade. Really? Yeah. There's, it's like, you know how you like the old, there's the old private Catholic school girl joke, you know? Like, yeah, you know, that, that was you. That's like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Just a slut afterwards. Just, you, know? you got out and you're like, who wants it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're wearing that same uniform for some reason. It's like, yeah. you go that yeah. far. Yeah. Um, I, um... The school, when I was in private Muslim school, they, uh, they separated us with all the boys were on the left side of the class and all okay. the girls were on the right side of the class. So there was no like... To avoid temptation. To avoid temptations. Wow. Yeah. Were girls wearing the... Uh, Scarves. Or, yeah. What are they called? Hijabs. hijabs. Yeah. All the girls had on hijabs. My home, my buddy got... um. He got expelled in eighth grade because him and him and the girl they they kissed just a <gasps> kiss just one kiss they went behind like the school or somewhere and kissed and word got out because one of her friends ratted them out because she thought she had to do right by God and ratted them out oh, and they got expelled. Did she get stoned? <laughs> they don't do that in America. <laughs> no, they um, don't do that. Yeah, no. Wow, it, that's a bummer. I wonder what that friend felt like. I wonder he, if- he was laughing about it. He hated the school. No, I mean her friend. I wonder if she thinks back now and she's like, oh man, oh, I fucked her. I mean, yeah. I wonder or if, she, if they, she's like, I am a hero in the eyes of God. Yeah, yeah. She's like, we can all agree there's a spot for me in paradise. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> a fucking bitch. Yeah, 100%. And it was just the, it was also like, you could tell it was like a catty thing coupled with a religious thing. Oh, you she's know? probably like jealous. Like yeah. little middle school or whatever. I think so. So anyway, I got out of that high uh, middle school and then went to normal high school and all and was that a hard adjustment going to normal high school? Not you really. You just got to sit next to girls. Was, you were like, whoa. Woo. Or was it just like, yeah, whatever. No, it was whatever. Cause my friends in middle, like even in our private Muslim school, they were all, we were all like, we all had other things we did outside of school yeah. where we had other friends that weren't Muslim or like we were trying to figure out where to meet girls. You know what I mean? Like through oh, yeah, our neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Like eighth or eighth grade trying to do whatever your version is for trolling for puss. That's just, so funny. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. Like what did we do? It's like, let's go to the fucking mall. Dude, Dude, the mall. Yeah, the mall was the worst. Yeah, what do kids do now? Just Tinder? Yeah, do you just start Snapchatting with people from your class? Yeah, do you like, just what? do they just swipe in high school and then just like they're all around you? They're just swiping the people are sitting next to you? Yeah, do they have like a we're probably not supposed to know if there's an underage Tinder. <laughs> like a Yeah. High school Tinder? I don't know. It's called TikTok. Oh God. Ugh. TikTok. I wish that would blow itself up. Anyway. It's, side note, TikTok's under national security investigation because it might be a Chinese uh threat. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't anyway, trust it. Just assume everything's a Chinese threat, guys. Life is a Chinese threat. Life is a Chinese threat. Um, um wait, yeah. so and by the way, I'm sorry, you guys can't see this. I'm playing with my hair because there's knots in it, but I'm not just twirling it's, my hair to be like Yeah. So what's next? So until you were 20, you prayed five times a day. Pretty much. Yeah. What was, what happened? Why did you stop? I think I just started, I think I realized that I was doing it more from like an insurance policy point of view rather than a spiritual depth fulfillment point of view. You're like, I'm not really praying to God. I'm praying like, just in case there's a God, I did did the thing. Yeah. I was like, and I I realized I was kind of doing that for, I probably played that game for five years. I think by 15, I kind of wasn't in my gut, in my heart of hearts. I wasn't really sure if all this dogmatic stuff really added up but in my concept. Yeah. But I was like, you know what though? It makes me a good person. And, uh, worst case scenario, if it is true, I've done my things and I'm not going to this psychotically scary hell. They <laughs> talk about Muslim hell is the scariest hell. Oh, really? Muslim hell is like Tell worse than Muslim old hell. Testament hell. Like the, the descriptions, the descriptions of what happens to you in hell are very, very vivid and 
oddly specific and i was like taught uh, these things uh and they uh, just teach you this as children yeah like there's like stuff like if you if you backbite you know like do you know is that a common expression backbite yeah talk back what is backbiting back? like talking shit behind people's back oh i've never heard it called backbite that's what they call it all like that's like a common phrase in uh I don't know. That's what they always refer to it. Like, and I like always wondered if biting people's bags, is yeah. that a problem in the Muslim community? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not a thing anyone's ever told me. Yeah. Right. Okay. No. So like so if gossiping. If you, if you gossip, it's like considered one of like the worst sins you can possibly do. So like if you gossip, I don't want to speak out of school, but if it's either gossiping or something similar, that's like kind of pretty bad. There's, there's, there's really specific punishments. Like you'll, you're going to have to stand on like, uh, you'll have like molten lava poured down your fucking throat or something or, oh my gosh. um, or like you'll, you'll have to stand on a rock that's so hot that by standing on it, it's going to boil your brain. And that's what you're going to have done to you for like eternity until you move on to the next punishment that serves you. If you, uh, if you show your flesh, like if you indulge in like infidelity or like if you're, uh, you just get naked and shit like that. They're going to hang you from hooks from your tits and like your chest, like hooks through your skin and just hang you up. Like really, really specific Old Testament type scary shit. Somebody came up with that. Yeah, for sure. Muhammad, allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. I don't know. I'm not going to get in trouble for saying this on a podcast. I mean... I think you'll be okay. I think as long as you're not drawing him, I think you're fine. No, but here's the thing is like, I don't know if, and it comes to the point where like, I don't know where along the lines, these things are like, were revelations to him. And then he said, this is what happens. Or these are people who were scholars later on on say it happened. With any text where it's like, you, you, it's hard to know what is, you know, really from whatever the quoted source is versus some, that's the problem is that like men got involved yeah. In all religious texts. Fucking men. Fucking men. I meant like yeah, humans, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> it's men. Women can't read and write. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why I have a podcast. It's a talkie. It's a talkie thingy. Yeah. So no, but I think wherever it came from, you know, it was like Old Testament style. Scary shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's no reform shit here. It's like, so here's, we still getting the fresh, fresh organic shit served up. And you know, you're, you learn that shit when you're eight through 12 that should terrifying you think about that right in terms of my life it was like oh that was middle school and how did i accept that all the way through college but you're really talking like this was ingrained in me from 8 through 12 and then i'm i went another eight years from 12 to 20 and around like like, 18 19 yeah what if and then it yeah like 19 ish 20 ish i was kind of like i don't think i believe this stuff really anymore in this capacity that they're they're stating it and then i just like let it all go and then i went from being like you know pretty muslim like praying and I fasted all of Ramadan, uh, or fast sunrise to sunset. And I, and I played, I started offense and defense football. So I was playing football, no water the whole game. That's insane. Like, yeah. It was wild. Did you lose a lot of weight during Ramadan? No. Cause you eat fucking everything oh, as soon as the when sun, the sun sets, goes like, down. Nom, nom, yeah. nom. And then like, it's like a celebration. Eats, you're eating like dessert. Every time every, you break the fast. Yeah. It's a feast oh. every time you break Is there, the fast. So there's nothing that like extra that you can't eat during Ramadan. It's just during those hours. Just during those hours. No water is the big thing that's hard. I fasted wow. for Ramadan once because I had a crush on a Muslim kid. <laughs> and he had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a crazy person. You didn't even capitalize. That is a crazy thing to do. You didn't even tell your crush you were doing the thing to In present. my head, I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'll figure out if I can handle being Muslim. <laughs> As if the next logical step would be like, hi, me, a white woman likes you. So obviously you just 
want to be with me, right? Yeah, like, I fasted. Way, it never happened. He fucked a girl who was my friend on the cheerleading squad. There you go. Um, and she was not fasting. He did not care. She was not fasting. That's also a really common thing that young Muslim guys do. Is like it's. I, I always find it really funny, and I was guilty of it too, is that even when you believe elements of the faith, there's like selective following. And normally the following order goes like this. I don't drink. I don't eat pepperoni, but I do smoke weed and fuck puss. It's like, <laughs> I know so like, many. People yeah. draw their lines somewhere. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't do, I don't drink. I'm a Muslim. I don't eat pepperoni pizza. Yeah, but I'll eat this pussy and I'll like take some bong grapes. It's like, oh, my face. Okay, so is going down on someone like frowned upon completely or is it just because you're not married? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing about going down anywhere. They're, they're not like, they'll put hooks in your lips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no. Never go. It's just like yeah. DJ Khaled wrote. Yeah, fucking, yeah, DJ Khaled wrote the, the what's it called? amendment. The what's the, the Muslim Bible? The yeah, Quran? I, I couldn't remember. Yeah. No, wow, that's a quotable. Yeah. What's, what's the that, Muslim Bible? What's called? the Muslim book? <laughs> what's the Muslim remix of the Bible? Fuck. So did you just go like you went from praying every day to like cold turkey? Like, eh, actually, I just don't believe this anymore. Yeah, pretty much. And I went to like, and then I went to like pretty hard atheism at first, where I was were like, like a, were you one of those like staunch atheists that like needed to nah. like tell people about it? Nah, I was more just like, none of us know what the fuck is going on here. Let's all stop yeah. acting like we do. But yeah. I, and I and I and because I'd gone through a lifetime of see, and this is the thing, I'm not one of these people even now that's like. I personally don't believe in organized religion for me. And I also believe that if you're able to transcend organized religion to find a deeper level of spiritual depth and connection to whatever is going on, I think that can be the highest level of whatever it is. But if you're the kind of person that through religion and this, the exact Has found that, yeah. And through the dogma and through the rules, you're able to create a system that uh, fulfills you with a spiritual depth, more power to you. I don't believe you, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I believe yeah. that you're like that. I don't believe those people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's, I'm the same way in that. Like, yeah, no, I like, like sometimes I think religion for some people can get in the way of spirituality because I you get, so too. Yeah. you get hung up on the rules or the mm -hmm. like rituals mm -hmm. instead of the connection to whatever the higher power is. Exactly. And that's where I was. And I think that's part of, and I tell my buddies, this, cause some of my best friends are still like pretty religious dudes, but they're super like, they're just normal Muslim dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, captain of the, they're captain of the basketball team. One of them writes for television right now. Like there's normal dudes, but they still believe in this stuff. And I go, so do you like, get something from it and he's like yeah when i pray and i do the thing it's like a meditative deep experience for me and it's basically like it's basically like their version of a, a moving how i interpret it it's a like it's like a moving meditation with mantras essentially right yeah so if you get something from it cool go for it you know and i'm like i have to tell them like, maybe it's the cloth i'm cut from and you too like we're, yeah we're comics it's almost like how the french identify as french before any other thing religion yeah. or race that's we identify comics as comics are, are right literally yeah. that's so yeah. funny because that's the one thing that like i regularly we'll have these like miniature private, well, sometimes public, uh, <laughs> like identity crises. Cause I, I don't really feel comfortable putting very many labels on myself, except it's never bothered me to call myself a comedian. I'm mm -hmm. like, well that I, I am a comedian, but like even like gender stuff, I get hung up on like, well, yeah, like I am a woman, but like, I don't need to like step out in the world and be like, I'm a woman. Like I don't, yeah. I don't need to I don't need talk about it. Yeah. Right. I don't need everything that comes with that. Yeah. But when you're a comic, there's a, and it's funny because when you are a comic, there's to say that to another comic, it's like, we understand all the different nuances and layers of what that means with kind of your, how you view the world, your belief system, how you carry yourself, how you deal with rules, how you deal with authority. Like, yeah. you know, so for me, rules and authority and dogma, they're just not going to match, you know? No. And so they were just getting in the way. And then I got resentful of them. And, um, so for me, and that's why whenever I talk about this, I do like to make it clear that I'm not like trying to bash Islam or any, cause I do believe that it's good for a lot of people. And some of the best people I've known, some of oh, the best absolutely. friends are that for me personally, it was just getting in the way 
Because I don't do rules. I don't do bosses. I don't do managers. So then you're hung up on the like, ugh, I got to do this thing instead of getting to go like, wow, I get to have this like spiritual experience. Yeah. Like instead of the, I get to have this moment where I'm connecting to God. Yeah. Exactly. Allah or whatever. Yeah, and Allah is God is the other thing. It's just so a- word. Allah right? is the name for God the Father. Yeah. And Jesus is a prophet, not the son of God. Not that's the son that's of what God. people don't realize. There's so many similarities. But in then it, aren't in- we all okay, so this is Yeah. I grew up Christian and uh Catholic. Ugh. Doesn't matter, but Catholics but it's different. Right. Um did you ever hear that like we're all God's children? Is that a thing that only Christians say? I think that's a Christian because thing. Because that's where I always got hung up on the Jesus thing, where I was like, mm. why is he so special? <laughs> yeah, so he's like, just his favorite like, child? I was like, I, like our, yeah, I'm also the child of God. Right. So, so like, I, let's relax. I get it. He fucked his mom. Yeah. Well, and it's, I always thought it was funny, too, the him being on a cross, and they're like, <laughs> he, like, he died on that cross for our sins. Like, his death was supposed to, like, clear us of our sins, and I'm like, there are two two other criminals on crosses behind him. Yeah, what about those like, guys? me too. I did it. I'm doing this for you guys. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, can I get some credit? Um, I always, you know, what I always thought of. Sorry, did you want to finish? No, that? no, go. You go. know what I always thought was funny about uh, that uh, with Christianity was like the thing that the concept of uh, you know he died for all of our sins and then also with Catholicism and confession it would always oh, felt God. like the most human made like what a cop out like to be like what oh a- no you just do whatever you want and then you go to a booth and you confess and then you're you're chill you know what I mean yeah like, and, and I, I like, always well that's a great deal no I mean yeah it's great and yeah. then I always thought it was very mafia esque too that it's like I'm sorry me as a no- normal churchgoer doesn't have the authority to talk to God so I have to tell this God man in a box right like the priest is this middleman like. I did once long ago try to do a bit on it and I I've, maybe we'll one day circle back to it, but I just right. was like, I don't, but just this idea of like, no, 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 you like, you tell me the sins. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to the big guy for you. Yes. Like, he's your like cleanser. Yeah. And if yeah. It, you just say some Hail Marys, it'll be okay. Yeah, we're good, yeah. I got the real, I'll give you, what are you, the pharmacist? Hey, you got five Hail Marys. You do this. I'll talk. Yeah. To like him. really that you're like prescription to still yeah. go to heaven. It's very, and it's that, and so clearly man. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that I think, and here's the issue I take with like in agreeing with you to further your point, you were saying where a lot of that stuff gets in the way of people's religiousness. I think it, they check the box. Yeah. They go, Oh, I've gone to prayer. I've gone to mosque. I've gone to church. I've gone to whatever. And therefore I've completed sort of the religious aspects of my life towards being saved. Yeah. And now I'll go about my day and I'll post on Insta and I'll worry about materialism and money and maybe, you know, not work on my spiritual depth or humility or really, really contemplate on my connection to everyone else. And yeah. Their happiness is important as mine. That's the shit that's going to fulfill you and actually raise you to a higher vibration, right? Yeah, not the like busy work. Yes, it's busy work. And that's why I think religion is decent. You know, I think would be the best religious training program is if they gave kids, I think it's for children. I think it's for children and ancient people who basically had the, like a lot of time, the intellect of, they they got to the point of, in terms of the worldly knowledge, it was like children, right? I mean, compared to what we know now. Well, I think with like commandments and stuff, I was like, yeah, no, those are made because at some point people were like bashing each other's heads in and someone was like, Hey, if you do that, you don't get to go to heaven. <laughs> yeah. And it's pretty cool. It's cool, so there. Don't kill each other. What do they got? What do they got up there? They got milk, rivers of milk. That's how that's how they yeah, like, What else? There's gold in the street. It's like you don't have to buy no. anything. It's heaven. Yeah, what's, yeah. what's the gold <laughs> for? There's rivers of honey. It's just yeah. like, it literally sounds Which is like such uh, a weird yeah. Like, yeah, it sounds like a creepy place where pedophiles go take baths. <laughs> when you describe it like that, and it's like, yeah, but that's what's in there. Like, yeah, milk and honey. Yeah, it sounds like a seventh grader trying to win an election. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like, yeah, there's going to be root beer fountains. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think for me, I, and, and it, it just got in, that stuff got in the way. And that's why when I first got into it, I was like, I literally, I don't think I had any 
moment of spiritual, actual spiritual connection until I was probably like 24. So my entire life doing organized religion, I felt nothing. It was just going through the It was going through the motions out of belief and faith. That's what faith is, right? Faith is, I think faith can be a concept of believe it even if you don't fucking really feel it. Yeah. Or see it. Say you believe it even though, like faith feels like say you believe it even though you don't feel like you believe it. Is that what faith means? How about connection, you know? So for me, I, I, I just was keeping the faith yeah. And then I got tired of keeping the faith because I just, my rational mind got too much. And I was like, you know what? This is just, I just feel my heart of hearts. This isn't real. I'm over it. And then ironically enough, it's like the more and more I dipped into doing everything that was like, you know, forbidden, partying and psychedelic trips and everything else. And then reading a ton of philosophies because I just like reading oh, yeah. stuff on philosophy, spiritual, Western, whatever, you know. Absolutely. And then my deep dives into everything else that wasn't religion allowed me to have experiences where I felt a connection to something bigger or, or noticed nuances where like that quote, God feeling or the- yeah, you know, and, and kind of just feeling that connection between myself and the things around me, just feeling something existing on a physical realm beyond our own is how I like to yeah. say it. that's all religion has to be really is. Do you feel a connection? Do you feel anything is happening on a physical realm beyond our physical means of uh, perceiving? It? Yeah. And it's like, and if praying five times a day or et cetera, mm-hmm. whatever, following the rules gets you there, that's great. If, mm-hmm. If doing the steps is what makes you connect to people, connect to that higher vibration or whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. then that's fine. I was the same way. Like I thought Mm -hmm. once I, when I got out of Catholicism, like if you would have told me when I was like, yeah, no, this isn't for me. I would never have thought that I would feel a spiritual thing. Yeah. Like I didn't go looking for quote God. Yeah. Like, or whatever. I don't even know what I call what I feel. Yeah. I hate being like, I'm spiritual because it's such a like, funny stereotype of LA people, but it's like, yeah, I'm not like atheist, yeah. but I don't know what to tell. I'm mean, like, there's it's, it's love. And I don't yeah. know how else to describe what. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry. I derailed. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, how, so you said 24 was the first time you started feeling any type of. Yeah. Like somewhere around there, you know, give or take a year or two. I can't remember, but my point was, I think what I was trying to get to was ironically, it was like the deeper dives and this also to be fucking cliche right now, it's such a hot, it's hotter than ever right now, but I've been talking about this stuff since I was 16 psychedelics. Like I was doing mushrooms yes. when I was 16. I was doing mushrooms before I drank. Um, wow. Yeah. When I was like 16, 15, 15, like, technically 16. It's just a vegetable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cheating. Yeah. It's on pizza. But this one is different. Yeah, no pepperoni. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, it didn't say no mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I had been doing mushrooms since I was 15, 16, year old, 16 years old. And, and uh, that already, I think, is what kind of started developing my perception of things and questioning on such oh, a the questioning way. of the like religious steps and yeah, et coupled with the comic personality, you know, and then I think when I got more into that stuff and got more into like meditation. So then when I was like, okay, this isn't what I do, but what, what do I do? I like, do I want to just take time to try to cultivate I don't know, whatever I need to cultivate inside of me. People seem to be into that concept. Let me just go do that. And I yeah. like going to the woods a lot and doing psychedelics. So I'll do that shit. And after a, a couple of times of doing that through certain years, I started to have some just feelings. And I don't know, man, like I guess the equivalent of like, you know, minute versions of whatever prophets, revelation prophets had, whether it was Buddha under the tree or Muhammad in the cave. Yeah, or, the amount of things that, know. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but so I'm just so excited about it. No, I'm, yeah. I'm like, yes, me too. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? It's like, so uh, those moments happen when I've, didn't take the religious check in the box for granted. And I did that shit. And then I was like, Oh shit, I just felt something and think I got 
a deeper understanding of something that might be happening here. And that's why I like talking about it vaguely to quote you as like spiritual, but it's like yeah. just the feeling that something's going on. And I, and then I dove deeper and deeper into that. And now I, I have like really flushed out ideas of what I think this all is and, yeah. what, and what we're supposed to be, what, what this all is, what like we're supposed to be is doing. Is it a here. simulation? Tell me. I don't think it's a simulation. <laughs> um, wait, I want to go into what you think it is. Wait, yeah. So how many, uh, do you know how many like time like psychedelic experiences you part partook in before you had like what you would call like a uh, spiritual awakening or I couldn't a spiritual keep experience? No, I wouldn't be able to keep track. At least okay. at least twenty though. I mean, starting from fifteen oh, and then it happened. Okay, like, Ram Das. <laughs> 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 yeah, at least amazing. twenty. I mean, I did. Yeah, yeah, at least twenty. Uh, Damn. But this between from from fifteen to twenty four. I mean, is that that many? I guess not. When you really, yeah, really, it's more. I'm more like I just don't do it enough. Yeah. I would do shrooms a lot more if, if I wasn't a workaholic. That's the only thing keeping me from being, I'm like, ah, I just, cause yeah. I try to make it anytime I do any type of psychedelic, which I've only ever done shrooms, but I'm very yeah. like, I want to like create space for it. Like mm -hmm. I want to take a couple of days and like, yeah, get ready and like <laughs> have time to like unwind and process my thoughts. And that yeah. to me is like, I just, I don't have time. Maybe in a few months when it's like, doesn't which is exactly be. the point. Yeah, right? exactly. Is that, yeah, no, that's hilarious. And, and that's the thing is like now, and I don't believe that I'm not like some of these comics are the people that are doing this shit like every month and think you have to do it to get to wherever you need to get to. I think that if you do them and they open the doors and you start to feel it, you should actually take breaks and start to cultivate that feeling and that perception on an organic, natural level. And oh, yeah. You, without like without using it. the drugs. Mm -hmm. Cause I, and then go back every now and then. But. So funny. I was just talking to someone else about this of like, yeah, because yeah, it does to me it sort of opens that door of this is a feeling that is, is inside of you. You're capable of this. Mm -hmm. Or like, I feel like the first time I did it, cause I don't know about you and maybe it's part of like a comic brain, mm -hmm. but just this sort of overwhelming, like emotional, like love feeling. I felt the first time I like really tripped of just, I was like crying, yeah. not like thinking about anything and like sobbing, but I was literally just like looking up at the stars and like just my face was pouring <laughs> and I just felt like so much just felt so much, I guess, yeah. where you just feel this like, yeah, even though I'm not walking around constantly feeling at that level, something about doing shrooms made me feel less crazy. Like, mm -hmm. cause I've always felt, I guess, you know, it's like we are a little different than normal. That's why we end up questioning religion or like mm -hmm. going different ways is like, I've always had this fear of like, oh, is this insane? Yeah. And then that like having that feeling of like being connected to things and just having almost like these downloads. I don't know what else to call them because it's not like robotic. Yeah. But it, I it could be. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm really derailing. Here. Yeah. <laughs> like, where is this going? You well, lunatic? I, yeah. I mean, from what I'm picking up, it's like, are you trying to are you trying to say like, um, what exact feelings was I having when I had the the experience? Or, I mean, I or guess are you just sharing. Yeah, you, you, just, you could just, just be sharing yours, just, and that's I fine. I was, but I wanted I want to get back to you because there was a point, and I just started thinking about that feeling when you're really high on mushrooms. And I, I know like, you, man. You I miss that. I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I could see from your. I, I'm not gonna lie. Your pupils dilated a little bit from no. like the sense memory of well, it. Well, no, because they literally have. I I mean, that's a thing. Is that. I guess going back to what you were saying is yeah. learning how to cultivate mm, that feeling. Because right. I think we live in a culture where uh, I, I think those feelings that you feel when you tap into like 
you know, a lot of people use psychedelics to reach those feelings or that's sometimes the first time you really mm-hmm. fully feel whatever feeling. Yeah. We're kind of in a culture where even if it's inadvertent, we're taught to suppress some of that. So I guess learning to like open up Accept that much it. in like everyday life. Yeah. I think, I think that they definitely teach you that. And you know, it, it's happening on whether you want to call it a spiritual, there's this funny thing, right? Is people, people constantly feel like there has to be some kind of battle between is Western science able to apply a term to these concepts we're talking about? And if so, then it's real. But a lot of the oh. times there's there, 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 we're talking about the same thing, but Eastern science or spiritual metaphysical talk is just using different terminology to describe a thing that then Western science comes along and says, Oh yeah, this and this happened. And that's why you're feeling this. And we're like, okay, we don't care what you call it. All no, we're we saying don't care is what part of the brain lit up. Yeah. We're just saying this thing happened and now you can do this. And they're like, Oh yeah, it does. But it's called this. Like, here's an example. Cause I was a personal trainer for a long time. Right. So I, I oh, studied wow. like, right. uh, so I studied, I, I was a corrective exercise specialist. So I studied a lot of how to get rid of inflammation and knots and it, they're called adhesions. Okay. Oh like God. when you get knots in your back Teach and shit. Me. Yeah. So you have taught me some stuff actually not taught me, but like, yeah, you, yeah. I think you were the first person to tell me about rollers or like oh, rolling yeah, out. Rolling? Yes. Yeah. Oh, That's God. for example. So when you get knots in your back, right. And you go to a Western massage therapist, they'll go, Oh, like first for centuries, Chinese medicine would be like, Oh, these are, there's chi blockages happening in your back and stuff. And if we press on these chi blockages, it releases the releases, energy. Yeah. And you'll be healthier. And then Western science is like, that's bullshit for a hundred years. And then Western science comes along and goes, Oh no, it's actually called inflammation. And when you press on it, it releases inflammation and that can lower cancer rates, stress levels, improve your mood, improve your health. And we're like, all right, bitch, what are we arguing semantics for? You press the chi, you press the inflammation, you feel better, right? That's what this guy's saying. Yeah, you get the it's gist. Like it's what the are same we, thing. Yeah, are we married? What are we fighting about right now? Oh, God. And that happens on, on, a, on a macro level on, on so many different things. Yeah, you know? I was trying to, because, gosh, I wish I could think of an example right now. But you're right. There's so many things mm-hmm. where and someone tries to come along and, like, give it scientific terms. And, it, mm-hmm. and that's always, like, a thing where it's like, yeah, I don't care right, yeah. why it's like that. <laughs> well, even that with, like, like with inflammation though, when you go back to like chi, cause I've always had a feeling of, cause I have rheumatoid arthritis right. and like the more I've like learned about it and the more, not even like reading, just listening to my body, you know, reading as well, but just getting more spiritual or whatever, mm-hmm. having these experiences. Like I think that so much of my body issues come from my emotions, like emotional mm. suppression. Yeah. And I, and then there's now starting to be research about like, well, you know, this and that, but 100%. The, that's the thing is the science is coming out more and more and more to the point where, yo, three years ago, I got my acupuncture covered by my insurance. That's Kaiser amazing. Permanente covers acupuncture. A decade ago, Western medicine scoffed at the idea of acupuncture because now they're like, oh, it turns out there is science. We didn't believe it when these Asians were talking about energy. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, yeah. it's, it's a level of arrogance that comes in. Trust me, I'm a science fucking person like i believe yeah. in science i just think that there's people think there's a battle happening that isn't really happening yeah well um, it's like if you say anything from a, you know either you know eastern medicine or even sometimes just intuition because i don't like to talk about that stuff with like my inflammation a lot because there are people who be like oh that's really fucking dismissive mm-hmm. of autoimmune diseases and it's like right all right, well, there's no science telling us where they come from, so maybe they come from trauma. Like, but... Yeah, I mean, trauma can cause cancer. I mean, things, your body can get fucked up from so many things, you know? And with the, going back to what you were saying about the the mushrooms, uh, just to wind up that thought before I forget it, was a... Uh, your brain lighting up or all that or feeling spirituality or feeling the other side, right? Like, there's things that we were trying to describe on, like, basically, we're... 
our tools of perception get enhanced to yeah. a level where more you, of your brain is yes. open. And exactly. And now science proven with experiments with rats that mush, psychedelic mushrooms cause neurogenesis. You actually increase your neural pathways and your brain is growing and God knows what else they're going to figure out. Well, yeah. You know? Cause and like you really do learn things. And that's why I said the download thing. Cause there's no, I don't know a better word for it. Not that it feels again, robotic, but it is like, you do have these realizations yeah. or sometimes there's things that you've been told that are very common, you know, f- phrases of, you know, all we need is love or like how you got to love yourself first to have a partner. But then like, you'll have an, you'll actually like the, like you'll actually understand that fully all of a sudden. And you're like, Oh, that's a real, that's a thing. Yeah. Gnosis. It's knowledge through experience. I think that's Aristotle. Yeah. Or maybe I think so. If I'm wrong about that, some philosophy guy can correct me, but gnosis, the idea of like, you can, there's, there's a way of knowing something through reading it and cognitively understanding it versus gnosis, like knowing it through experience. And then you really fucking like, then you know it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's like the things of like, yeah, no, like that. I, yeah. And the more that that's happening, the, the more I find myself describing things, uh, God, this is such a, this is going to sound totally insane. Cause I don't know the best way to phrase this. Um, things that I feel like like there, there's things I'll describe. I'll go like, well, I mean, logically I understand why this it's, it's almost like mm-hmm. I'm acknowledging that like it hasn't sunk in yet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I don't feel anyways, mm-hmm. I've derailed. Yeah. Um, Feelings and logic don't always add up. No, you know? but, or like trying to explain intuition without having the tools to explain it. Yeah. Like when you do just know something, but you don't, I, do you ever have things that you'd feel like you can't put words around? And that's like, especially mm-hmm. as a comedian, mm-hmm. when you talk for a living and you're yeah. a very ver- verbose person and then you go, I just know. Do you have an example of a specific time or God, anything? I'm trying to remember specific feelings. It, like a lot, they have happened sometimes like on mushrooms. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that's the, that's, the there's case. things that happen to me on mushrooms that I cannot put into words Yeah, where it's like, I'm having I don't know what else to say, but like some sort of like a cosmic conversation. I mean, I literally will sit under the stars and feel like I'm communicating with them, but at no point am I thinking of like English words, Mm -hmm. but I'm also not thinking in words at all. It's just this like thinking in thoughts. Yeah. You're just like, it's like a feeling. It's like a next level. Yeah. And then you have like visions, revelations. That's a really interesting thing. Uh, uh, A friend of mine uh, who's a, was a philosophy doctorate candidate and, um, and he and he and I have really long conversations about this. He's also like my best my best friend. We did mushrooms together for the first time when we were fifteen, Amazing. And, and we've been best friends since we were five years old. Incredible. And we talk about we'll go on phone conversations for hours, like every week. And uh, he told me about one dude. Um, some guy wrote a book that was basically uh, a philosopher wrote a book, and he's kind of a philosopher on the fringe. And this might have been like sixty years ago or something. But he wrote a book that's basically summing up that. Uh, these visions that the the commonality between all the visions that different prophets, messengers of God, all have, be it be it like you know, Buddha or Muhammad or whoever, or Jesus, whoever. The root Mos- of it just Moses. being like we have to love each other. <laughs> yeah, but also the yes, but also the root of it being that the message came when they were in isolation. That you you get to connect with whatever the divine is when you get away from everything and you just look inward and you go meditate. Moses on the cliff or the hill or whatever. Yeah. Right? So and then the the next step being. We all, we, they explain it as God or the thing coming down. We keep thinking it's out there. It's up there. What if it's inside of us? What if, what if the, another realm, the other, the other realm isn't external. It's actually internal on the other side of your subconscious. Oh, I would totally, that makes, that makes so much sense to me because it's, it's almost like a little 
it's so funny. I keep trying to use visuals and there's just not visuals to describe it, but there are like things that occur to you and it's, it's like you unwrapped something in your brain. Like it's like, it was there the whole time. Yeah. But it's, you, it's like, you're almost remembering something that you always knew, which yes. sounds so woo woo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. it's very roomy ish, but, but it's, I don't know. It's I I'm, I don't know. I think it's incredible. Yeah. I think that people, and even like us, you know, it's, we're so quick to almost try to say something and then backpedal off whether we feel it's woo woo or spiritual or yeah, so. Yeah. I'm, I, still judge every thought I have. I'm like, yeah. Fucking hippie. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I understand that. And I'm like that way too, but I'm trying to get better about being like, fuck it, you know? But I think the reason we, we get that way is because there's a lot of people who say stuff like this, but they're the equivalent of someone who does comedy once every two weeks and says they're a comic, right? So like, if you're someone yeah. that's actually diving into this shit and your, your, your thoughts are formulated off of deep research and actual personal introspection, you can say shit like, yeah, yeah no, I'm actually spiritual or it's no, I the... actually read about this stuff. This is like a big hobby of mine. Yes. You know? No, I've always, that's like the main thing I do is just like mm -hmm. either read about this kind of stuff or just sit and think. Mm -hmm. I, if I even allow myself to have free time. Yeah, sounds like you need to. No, I know. But like I, when people, when I tell people I don't really watch TV, mm -hmm. it's not because I'm like, TV rots your mind. But it's right. like, anytime I try to think like, what do I do in my free time? I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, I just dive internally. And it's like, yeah, no wonder I sometimes go crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, just taking a trip in the old brain. Let's just go surf the old subconscious. But I'm... that's where all of it lies though. And that's where I think the deeper you go into introspection whether and that's why i think like if you do take a break from even if you are an organized religious person if you take a break pretend that doesn't exist and you dive into your deep self and just look at meditation and just sit down sit with your thoughts away just, from people and just yes. watch what the fuck happens do that for an hour a day for two weeks and watch what the fuck happens work your way up to an hour i get it, it sounds no, crazy i did it i went yeah. to a 10-day silent meditation oh man fucking... that must have been crazy well, well that's the thing is like and just in our society a lot of people just don't take time to mm -hmm. be with their thoughts at all i mean that's what like it's why TV and stuff is so popular. It's a way to like check out without really like being stuck with yourself, mm -hmm. et cetera. But I think that's where I like s sort of my hang up is, is the, even though like we're in LA where it's arguably a little more popular to be like spiritual and into this stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people don't do it that if I like get too deep in a conversation about it, people are like, Oh, she's not. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if you've never meditated, if you've never like sat alone, like just sat with your thoughts and like mm -hmm. just pondered life. And right. then you try to talk to somebody who's like, yeah, no, I pretty much come home from work at 6 p.m., turn on the old TV, have a right. beer, and then pass out. Like, I yeah. don't... And, and yeah, they're like, oh, you're one of those peeps. Because they also don't know the line between you and someone who just did like 10 hits ayahuasca at Burning Man, and right? And they're just like, trying to... A and they're trying to make their personality. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is like yeah. worrying about those people who... It's what, I guess what you said with the person who does comedy once a month, mm -hmm. but people who want their identity to be yeah. spiritual. They're trying it, it on. Yeah, and it's yeah. like you're wearing... It's an outfit choice. Yeah, you're wearing a crown made of flowers but like yeah if you had to be alone with yourself for five minutes you'd have a panic attack yeah yeah yeah. it's like i went when i went to burning man and it was like you know i wanted it to be kind of what it it's root of what it was supposed to be kind of a getaway and like have fun party go crazy whatever but also just you know look inward a lot of the time and then you just see people doing full-on photo shoots for their instagram later nowadays yeah. and you're just like oh god come on man this is a chance to really do something cool really look inside but to circle back to what we were saying before about um so after i did these psychedelics and i found this level of that then I started to find quotes and re and essays 
by people that were correlating with a lot of the internal concepts and beliefs I'd cooked up on my own through my own ideas. Yes, where and, you're like, oh, I'm not the first person who right. thought this. And then a lot of them ended up being Muslim Sufi scholars. Which is, and so I brought me back around where I was like, like Rumi, Hafiz, all these people that are all over every girl's fucking Instagram quote. Yeah. These are Rumi. Yeah, Rumi's a Muslim scholar. He had he had his own mosque in Iran. Whoa. People don't realize that because you because here's the thing: when people think about Islam, this is a really good point for this podcast. People think about Islam, they think about what it is right now and what emerged after in about in the '90s and uh, with the merge of uh, Wahhabism from Osama bin Laden, who was put in power. You know. From the oh, Taliban like in America. The, the scary. I think of the scary of... shit, right? But here's another thing: is that like obviously that's only one sect of it that's the loudest thing, and that's a small percentage. But nonetheless, <gasps> the loudest thing is really the. Yeah, it's always the worst. The thing that most it's, people it's are. It's always the worst. Yeah. Whether it's the loudest Trump supporter who's the worst, the loudest uh, weird Christian guy in the church yelling fags are going to hell, or yeah. the loudest, like the the the. Maybe really the loudest loud, feminist is the worst. The loudest like, feminist is the worst. The loudest dude out of Compton listening to shit on his phone in the yeah, subway like and the full volume. The loudest person who, in theory, oh, I probably the mostly agree with is usually like, okay, that was too far. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So this the but there is there is you know su- there's Sufism which is basically mysticism, and so then I started to circle Ooh. back to mysticism and mysticism across and again i don't subscribe to any one to the subscribe or subscribe to any one religion but, but it's like Good question but mysticism in general is something that i find um i have a, a few toes in that pond that that correlate with what i believe in oh yeah that's the same you as know. um Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Yeah, Kabbalah. That's Jewish mysticism, yeah, right? there's, there's, yeah, there's Hindu mysticism. Every, most religions have their branch of mysticism, and the correlation between all of those branches is so similar, oh and God, it's are very we loose. I mean, close, maybe, hopefully, maybe hope, close to a modern mystic. Now, if there's any real mystics, they're like, no, bitch, y'all like, got some work to do. Y'all yeah, got I know. It's like do. anytime I try to be like, could I be on the path to enlightenment? It's like, uh, I farted on a dog once, and I think it's funny. Like, that's, yeah, that didn't yeah, happen. Don't, exactly. don't, don't come for me, PETA, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> the idea that I could be like, maybe I'm becoming enlightened as I eat Cheetos. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. okay, relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but that's one reason why. And then like there was an, another Muslim scholar who was a big uh, Sufi scholar named Hafiz or Hafiz. And, you know, he has a lot of quotes too. And one of his quotes was like, I can't even I can't even say with which religion what religion to say I am because of the love I have for all of them or for all people. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like that's basically what I try to the feather I try to put in my cap when people when I get cornered by people or especially like if I do like I do like a lot of Muslim shows and stuff. Yeah. I go, are you Muslim or are you not? Look, I don't know what to tell you. I am, but there's plenty of stuff that you believe that I think is correct. I think that you have maybe have some growth to do in other aspects. You yeah. know what I mean? But there's there's plenty. Yeah, that's of stuff. your journey, man, and I yeah. just support it. Yeah, and they're just like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> so I'm just like, there's there's I just think believe things in percentages. But I just think it was funny that my journey through everything else brought me through just coincidence back to some writings that I was like, oh shit, there's another aspect to, because I was only taught like normal mainstream, um, mainstream Islam stuff. It's like mainstream Christian. It's like if you're taught mainstream Jewish stuff yeah. and then all of a sudden you discovered Kabbalah and you're like, oh shit, this is kind of cool and weird and somehow it speaks to me. Yeah. And that's kind of what I got to with that stuff. I wonder, is there a Christian mysticism? Christian. Yeah, there aren't, isn't there... there Christian Isn't mysticism. that what the Westboro Baptist Church is? Oh, no. oh God. <laughs> um, those, guys, those guys are the, the Christian Al-Qaeda's in my book. I mean, like, they yeah. truly are. They're and so I'm sure gross. it probably gets even worse than that with churches that don't have a PR team. Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. that's always been the weird thing to me. When you, um, as a Muslim, you know, being, oh, I assume, like, high school, middle school age with, like, 9-11 time. Mm-hmm. How was that hard for you? Was that weird? Oh, I guess yeah. if you're, yeah. It was middle school. It was eighth grade. <clears throat> you guys were all, 
You were out of Muslim school. I was in Muslim. We got shut down for three weeks because we got a bunch of bomb threats and people wanted to like, we were getting like death threats. Oh, people were threatening To us. kill us. And I'm trying to find That's the joke in it. like... Yeah. I've tried to write this bit for a long time. And yeah, it, you're like, and yeah, it, a middle schooler didn't hijack the plane, you <laughs> fucking idiots. Yeah. And I've tried to go in the direction of the irony of it. Like, I just thought, you know, yeah. the terrorist attack happened and we started getting bomb threats and people are like, we don't want any terrorists in this town. So we're going to blow up this school. And even at 12, I was like, is this irony? Yeah. You you're know? like, sorry, you're doing the thing that you don't want to yeah. happen. Do you it was not been, see? Yeah. That was weird. Cause then my mom also just, uh, you know, Obviously, people were scared and hate crimes went up and this and that. Probably for Sikhs more than Muslims. Poor dudes. Oh, because of the, they, they wear turbans. the head. Yeah, people still don't realize we don't wear turbans. <laughs> but, yeah, but, no, yeah. it's that's so funny. Yeah, they just because there was probably times where like just seeing someone in a turban gave rednecks anxiety or oh, yeah. or anyone because they're just ignorant and they're yeah. like, what is that? It's different. Kill it. Oh my um, God. But, I don't like it. I don't like it because it's different. And your mom just made you guys wear sombreros and she's like, we're Mexican now, yeah. kids. She put this mustache on me. Yeah, blending. <laughs> no, you know what my mom made me do? She, 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 we put American, all these Muslim people, every Muslim American person, flags. Everywhere, yeah. American flags in front of the house. Uh, we got tiny American flags and my mom tuck, duct taped them, four of them onto my, one on each handlebar, to one on the back and one on the front of my bike. I had four American flags Jeez. on my fucking Huffy so. just so I could bike two miles down to the pizza shop that me and my buddy liked and to like bike to. your mom wouldn't feel as worried. Yeah, like I... we're not going to get a hate crime. Oh, we're, on your, we're on your team because you might not be sure or something. It was like, it was weird, but I don't know, man. I've always had like thick, they're pretty thick skin where even when that was all happening, I was just kind of like, I didn't do anything. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So yeah. you weren't too worried? I was never worried. I, was, I don't think I was ever worried at all. Have you ever met anyone who's like that extreme? Like what kind of extreme? A Muslim extremist, Islamic. I mean, I imagine they wouldn't be living in Western society. No, I've never met somebody who's like, they, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like I've never met All the anybody. ignorant things I'm going to say, I can't ask you because you've never, like I can't be like, no, I mean, no, go for here's it. why. But these no. are questions people have. Like I, I've done, I did a show one time and I've done, I did a show for a mosque fundraiser and before me there was like the local imam like the sheikh guy, he's the yeah. religious cleric and he had a long ass beard and he had a, you know, the traditional garb Big and hat and he gave a whole thing about like the, the, the blessings of donating to the mosque and whatnot. And then they raised yeah. a bunch of money for the mosque and school and shit. And then the, I did comedy, but the sound guy was not Muslim. The sound guy was just like, uh, an older just white dude, some dude. Uh, some dude. And, and you know, and I just did like a bunch of, from my comedy, he could just tell like, this guy's like super modern. He's like, that was funny, man. He's like, and he's like, have you ever met someone that's like this? He's like, some of these guys, they know about this terrorist stuff though. Right. And I was like, no, he's like, well, I know not you, but he's like, but these like clerics, the, the beard guy, yeah, the he's beard like guy, in on it. yeah, the imam, he was <laughs> oh, like, he's no. like, he's like, but they know like the, if there's the extremist types, ISIS type potential recruits in the thing, these guys are like connected, like app. No, bro. Like, no, no. that's I was like, so... absolutely not. This guy's just a guy. He's like the priest of the community. He's just a good, he's a good guy. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Wow. You know, but that's he, so interesting. Yeah. So he thought that like he, you know, he's connected. He at least knows. He's like, he at least knows. He didn't think he was a terrorist. I know he's not a terrorist, but he like knows who's terrorist potential. That makes me think though. Cause like I, like, I grew up no, Catholic man. and I go like, they must've all known who the pedophiles were. Right. Like, right. well, but also but in Catholicism, there is like this and I like not qualified enough to be saying this, but there is like this network of like the bishops all like mm -hmm. know each other because you get promoted within the, yeah. But wow. To just be like, obviously this guy who runs this place of love and worship right. is and like knows who the terrorists are. Yeah. And that, that, and that was definitely a moment and I'm, a, I'm always pretty, I used to keep my calm like, and I stay calm all the time, but that was definitely a moment where I was just so 
and, shocked and shocked how- and like irked and not necessarily at him right because he didn't he wasn't trying to say again i always go about someone's intention he wasn't trying to say something mean i was just so irked with the reality that had befallen upon me that i was like oh shit these people think that this these they think that these places are actually there's always a couple isis kind of guys lingering about and we all kind of know who it is but we don't say anything it's like no if anybody has any idea of anybody that's like that they report them immediately yeah like we don't the, want to whatever. be blown up either we don't yeah. want that reputation to like keep following us around because oh, there's crazy. a small because it's like a super small sect. Right? ISIS, ISIS kills more Muslims than they do anybody else. Oh wow! A, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, in the hundreds, in the hundreds. I should yeah. read the news. And in Pakistan, when I was there six, seven years ago visiting my cousins, and uh, I was asking my cousin, you know, how dangerous is it really? And and he's like, well, let me. And he was totally serious, but it, there's something darkly hilarious to the, about this to me. He was like, well, once a week, a suicide bomber blows up a mosque. Jesus. But if you're not at that mosque, you're fine. <laughs> and he was dead. Just don't go to a yeah, church. He was dead serious. And I was wow. like, oh my God. And uh, that's when it hit me. And I was like, oh, these guys are just blowing up mosques all the time. Like, it's, yeah. It's wow. When they're, they're like, yeah, they're t- just terrorists. Yeah. It's, it's wild. So like, um, wow. yeah, so that, that was, a, that was strange. But then what, what did you ask? <laughs> did you ask Shit. if I ever met anybody like that? So here's the thing. I never met anybody who. Yeah. Was, but also who is going to come? It's the same as like yeah. a million people met a school shooter. No one was like. Right. Well, I guess there are sometimes. That's a bad example. <laughs> like, right. no, he did tell me he was going to shoot up the school. Yeah, I never met anybody who was like, I think these people should die. So I, I did meet people that like, where they liked Osama bin Laden, Whoa. which is like the closest it got. Like, but this is like a a young kid. When we like, were like, we were like, like his ideals or like here's the just thing. him as a fugitive character no no he liked him because here's the thing about bin laden is like obviously like the terrorism stuff he all did is the worst fucking thing you can possibly imagine and anything that has to do with that type of shit or suppressing yeah, women anyone or doing anything like that on the opposite side of that him and his family spent millions of dollars on building up the infrastructures and school systems all around different areas of saudi arabia Whoa. and yemen and a bunch of other poor places so that is like a weird yeah, so it's been so people are like it's Bill Cosby. It's, it's, it's different, but it's like yeah. it's Bill Cosby. Yeah, so there's people who are like, yeah, that thing he did is horrible, but got some good laughs from Doctor Huxtable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but do you know what it's like? It's like yeah, probably, but I mean, he's the only reason everyone in this city went to school. But like, I mean, I don't agree with yeah. him. Yeah, but yeah. I'm glad that he was trying to cover it by doing good stuff. Right, that's nice. Right, it's like the people in Medellin protected Pablo Escobar because yeah. Pablo Escobar would go on the streets and give money to everybody and build schools and like, and arguably it could have been a tactic to build get the popular vote too. Oh, right? absolutely. He knows he's protected. He gives. He builds schools. He he he's built a big. He him and his family were like the wealthiest family, so they would like donate to the. Um, you know, build up some of the most popular, famous mosques in the world. Well, yeah, and then you're area. like connected and these people feel yeah. like, oh, okay, I won't tell anyone. Or, yeah. you know, in any scenario like that, which it happens so frequently, I think in society just across the board that nowadays I'm skeptical of anyone who's like a really like publicly good person. Yeah, like, what do you want? Because it's like, what are you covering? Who did you like, touch? Yeah, like you fingered somebody. Yeah, you fingered you somebody have, once. Like a minor, yeah. what's happening? Yeah, that stuff goes so deep though. Like all the... I know so much about all that, like beyond Islam, like I know so much about Middle Eastern politics, extremism, the nature of Al Qaeda. Like I, do you know, I got in, I got into the CIA after college. Do you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. I got it. So I'm like, uh, I had a very deep knowledge on Middle East conflict and all that stuff. Oh, do you speak another language? I speak Urdu. Oh. Which is what they speak in Pakistan. Which was probably in theory helpful to the CIA. It was was, definitely Because that would have like, I imagine they were recruiting people to... 
It was definitely helpful. Yeah, I was like that. I got hired as a counterterrorism analyst. Sloppy spies. Yeah. Counterterrorism analyst. Does that mean spy? I think it's like you work with spies, and if you want to, you can work your way up to being a spook. But I didn't really ever want to be a spook. A a sp- spook. A spook is a term for a. a sp- yeah, <laughs> it's I know. A racial I know it's a racial term for black people too. Or yeah, but it's but it's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was like, um, um don't mm. say that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna work my way up to be <laughs> No, it's what it's a term for spies. Okay. Um like you know, assassins. Oh, you spies got in? Guys. Yeah, I was hired. Am I allowed that. to ask what the test is like or are you like sworn to shit? Yeah, no, I can fuck I don't own those people anything. <laughs> uh no, I uh It's like I imagine like an intellectual I went through like some type of psych exam or Yeah, I went through like probably like twenty five hours of interviews. I uh had to give presentations on how I would solve three different world crises. Uh, so I talked about, uh, the emergence of cyber terrorism out of China, the drug trafficking trades through South America and uh, separating Al Qaeda from the Taliban in the Middle East. And I had to do, and they were like, Cha-ching. yeah, cause I was also, I was like super into the, even though I was like party guy and I like, I got up and read the whole Wall Street Journal at 8am every day in college. And like, I was like deeply nerdy about political science shit. Wow. Yeah, what was, like, was your major? Political science and, okay. and theater. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and theater. Uh, so. Which is why you're perfect for the CIA. Yeah. You're like, so, and he, he, he can play any yes, character. It'll be my final act uh, <laughs> so then i and then i had to do like iq tests and then standardized tests and essays and then they made me fill out a packet that literally was i'm not joking i had to fill out a thing that was to give the information of everybody i have ever met everywhere ever do you know how fucking hard that is? Wow. So it was like, especially anyone who lives in another country. Anyone you know that lives in another country. Because it's like in theory, if they hire you, that person is potentially a risk mm-hmm. or at risk or... They probably want to go investigate all of them. You know, so I had to fill out a packet of all my cousins. They're like, list all your cousins in Pakistan. I was like, do you know how much... You're like, that's like Pakistan people. Pakistan. Yeah. I was like, do you know how much Pakistani people fuck? I, every one of my cousins has six kids. And, and this was yeah. before 23andMe. And yeah. I'm not giving you my DNA because then we've blown the whole thing. Yeah. How about I just give you my 23andMe and you figure it out now? Yeah. Now we could just do that, right? So yeah, I had that stuff and then I was hired there and they were going to take me to, I was going to go work at Liberty Crossing and then they Where's speeded Liberty Crossing? Liberty Crossing is a place in Virginia. Oh, okay. That's the way that the, the buildings look, they call it that. But it's okay. like, yeah, it's outside of Langley. Um, okay. It's like not Langley, but it's close, you know, okay. driving distance. And um and uh, yeah, then I was supposed to, I was supposed to get started and, uh, and then I was like, but here's the thing I'd already wanted to do. People told me it's going to take at least a year and a half to two years for the background checks to go through. And I'd already, those people were in Pakistan. Yeah. Those people <laughs> did not speak Urdu and have a 3.9. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They're uh, like, you're approved. It's the same hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another thing was, uh, so there's rubrics for how they grade you. It's like all the stuff I described, but also it was like, what's your GPA, language skills? Have you traveled? And uh-huh. I had been to 12, I studied abroad. So I'd been to like 12 countries also at that time. Wow. And I, and I knew Hungarian, conversational Hungarian at the time. Cause I God studied, damn. I, I was in Budapest. I was studying international law courses in Budapest between just losing my mind in fucking Eastern like, Europe. I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. 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 That, I'll, I'll study something. Yeah. And then I, uh, and then I, I, what was I saying? And then, so, oh, so after I did all that, then I was like, well, you know what? I want to try this comedy thing for realsies. I think they say I should have at least a year before the background check clears. So you're like, I'm going to lean into comedy and thinking like, I'll yeah. know. Yeah. After a year, I'll have a year to see what this is. And then if I don't see growth or it seems crazy and then I get accepted in a year or two years, then I'll have that option. And then within like three months, they hit me up and they're like, yeah, you're come to this other task. You're, you're in the finals. And then they're like, yeah, you're hired. Here's your, I have the letter at home still. Here's really? your, here's your pay. Here's your clearance level. Here's your this and that. Do you think, do you think you could at any point like, reach back out to them and be like, Hey, I changed my mind. I want to come back. 
I don't think they'd let me in because of how deep in comedy I am now that they'd be like, there's too much chance this oh, is going to become that, a fucking YouTube video or that's something. That's true. I, I wouldn't trust a comedian after Yeah, me neither. And it's also like if what they're wanting is for you to like work alongside spies, you're like in theory a public figure unless that's why you have that mustache on. <laughs> so you don't recognize me. <laughs> no, that's a, the oldest disguise in the book. Wow, what a yeah. different life you would have led. I think about it every now and then too because obviously I love comedy and I'm glad with this decision, but it's like... Like when I hear about like they got Baghdadi or like, and then other ISIS people are like, you cannot defeat ISIS. We are going to come for you. Literally like my blood boils. And I'm like, I wanna... like actually I had a whole plan. Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. I know exactly how to do it. Yeah. I think I'm always just like, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly how to do it. I would have trained the dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And a part of me like wants to be a part of that force that goes and catches and kills these fucking people. Like that I want to just kill fucking them. Be, just being bad people, bad people. And then also like making my people's lives harder by, by selling the like reputation of us. Yeah. Like everything, any racial shit we've had to deal with is because of these fucking assholes on top of killing fucking Americans and killing people all over the world. And it just makes me so fucking upset. I want to just kill them all, uh, do in you, horrible ways. Do you ever have Fuck the Geneva convention? That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm for torture of them. Oh, really? Of them, yeah. That's so funny. Do you ever have moments like in your spiritualness, <clears throat> spirituality? Yeah. Because I imagine, I don't know. Does your, I mean, what does your spirituality entail? Just because I'm, th I'm mm -hmm. thinking it goes something in the direction of love. Do you ever have any like, or do you ever have moments where you try to go like, could I possibly? be empathetic have you ever tried to be like in not that you've right. accomplished it but tried to wrap your mind around what the experience of someone who would be an extremist is yeah to try a, to be like is there some nugget of becoming evil yeah it's, understanding i could find in someone like that yeah i mean absolutely you know i can rationally it doesn't have to be like muslim just like in general i guess yeah i mean i took a class in college called becoming evil and we analyzed... Uh, like, was that a theater or a political science class? <laughs> First, you put fingers on your head like the devil. <laughs> Cruella. <laughs> um, no, uh, it was it was a poli sci class, I That's believe. That's so cool. Yeah, and it was like analyzed dictators, Nazis. Oh, like what has led them to becoming... Evil. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and also it was a... It was an analysis... An analysis on kind of the judgment of them as mm. turning like we think of Nazis as monsters, right? Or we think of terrorists as like monsters. Like but you don't see them as uh, that, or as yeah. multidimensional figures. You just see mm -hmm. them as awful. And you definitely don't see it as something that you could have been become if you were in the exact same situation. Oh yeah, no, everyone and, thinks that like they would never and most most people would. Exactly. Because right? most people will yeah. just follow orders. Or, yeah. Everyone thinks it would be Tom Cruise and Valkyrie and try to kill Hitler. But it's like, no, you would have just probably been another Nazi. You're like, yeah, no, I, it's yeah. me or them? Okay, well, yeah. just give, give me the gun then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> An apologetic Nazi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I have kids. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. Sorry about that. Excuse yeah. me. And so it, <laughs> it was like a human analysis of, um, and it was a controversial class because it was like, can we take an empathetic look at the Nazis themselves? And in this case, let's say terrorists, terrorists themselves being victims of circumstance. Is it unfortunate that a human life and a human soul 
took a turn down an avenue of such darkness and, and horror yeah, due or, to the circumstance in which they were born, you know? Yeah. Or um, like how they were manipulated to it. Yeah, exactly. That's part of it all, right? I like, mean, propaganda is a, there's a reason right. for the word propaganda. Like, yeah. It's like if you, if a guy, if it's like if a kid was born and the second he was born, he was raped by his parents and then he was kept in a cage and poked and beaten his whole life. Then he came as a shooter, right? Yeah. And we're like, fuck this guy. He's a shooter. But are we capable of looking at his story empathetically as he's a victim, though he's also the shooter and a, yes, we're glad he's in jail or dead or whatever. Is there any point of being like, fuck, that's sad that this guy yeah, had that, that life. That it led him to that. And if I was that kid that was raped and in a cage, would I have been a shooter? And am I just blessed that I wasn't in a cage? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and it was that, but with for Nazis or terrorists or whatever. It was interesting. interesting. Yeah, for being 20 and being 20 and learning that, it was really blown That's around mind. the time that you gave up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably within a year or two that's after that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the prayer that they do five times a day, they, those people. Yeah. Um, is it the same every time? It's just the same prayer. Um, no, it's, it's, um, or are you just praying? The sister, what you're saying in certain, in certain places, what you're saying is the same. When you lean over, you say certain things. And when you go down and you kneel on the ground and put your forehead on the ground, that mm-hmm. classic praying image that's before every terrorist movie. <laughs> <laughs> they just show the moss. <laughs> Damn them. Yeah, you say the same. You say the same things in those places. But then when you're standing, you're reciting different. They're called surahs. Surahs are essentially um, sections of the Quran passages. Is it a specific one you're supposed to be doing or you just like you can choose? Do, you can do whatever you've memorized. Okay. So it's not like orange theory. Like it's different every day, but it's the <laughs> same all around the world. Yeah, no, it's not like, it's like the orange theory of religion. And, uh. um, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, you say whatever you want, like standing up from the book, uh, the Quran, um, and there's a tons, tons and tons of different stories in there. It's a very long book. It's like, it's like, it's like if you were to recite passages of the Bible by heart, essentially, but wow. you have to, but you have to do it in Arabic. And that's what also bothered me was I don't speak Arabic and I had to say all this stuff in Arabic and so I wasn't you were just just, saying sounds. Basically. I was just saying sounds and like, I sure I could read what they meant and I would read what they meant, but I still couldn't always remember what it was. And it just, you know, it just felt like another degree of separation. And that just bothered me. I was like, I don't like that Arabs have a leg up into this whole process they're being more easier close to God. Cause they know what they're saying. Yeah. I was like, it's again, it's the same. It's the, it's the Christian, the Christian, uh, you confess and now you can commit sins. It's like helping your, Oh, it's kind of convenient that the Arabs invented the religion and you have to say the thing in Arabic. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, convenient. Yeah. How like, convenient well, yeah, for no, you. Of course that we would do that. Yeah. How convenient like, for we you. We can't just say a translation. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Can I just say it in English? If it means the same thing. Nope. You have to say it. You can't change anything. Cause they're also like, don't change. It's just anything. very like ritual, yeah. traditional. That's what their biggest on is don't change anything ever. Just ever. But it's starting to get like some tweaks here and there, but it's a thing, you know, it's really hard to change any elements of it. Cause that's like the, one of the number one rules of that religion was like, don't change anything ever. Wow. Um, I mean, that would make it difficult to connect if it's not your like native language. Yeah. 100%. Cause but, then you're just, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So then go back to your question of like concept of love or what do I think it all is, is like, I, yeah, I understand that it's like, it is love, love is a good way to put it. I, I see it more as, um, you're here to contribute. Yeah. Do you think everyone has a special or not special, specific contribution? I think we're all part of a system of integers, Ah. like a formula. And some of the formulas manifest themselves as pieces of shit. And some of them are uh, heroes and some of them are icons. But it's all part of the formula. Yeah, but it's all like Like people are pieces of shit are just like, yeah, that's their their role in the formula. That's what they're doing. Yeah, it's just a thing. Or, Or maybe it's a formula that is like, that's where it happened to go. But, you know, you can... You can enhance. It's, it's like I'm trying to speak about 
I'm trying to speak about something that's happening on ethereal quantum level with our terminology, right? Yeah. So like, I'm going to try my best at this. I know. I mean, yeah. it's, it sounds like what I was trying to say earlier. Where I'm like, I don't really know the words for a lot yeah. of the things that I just know. Yeah. I think that we're like, essentially that this may all be a formula of some sort, if yeah. you want to call it a formula, and that we're all integers that interact with each other in different yeah. ways. And sometimes when those integers come together, they create more love and certain integers can come together and create more love or connection or yeah. net positivity. And that's a good thing. That's all we ever want. And that's why you ever meet you ever, That's why people like going to a concert because you're, you feel connected. You're, you feel connected to everyone. And you're connected to that yeah. song. And it's like, we're and all, they're all connected. Right. Cause you're an integer. The people are the integer. The song is an integer. The musician is an integer. The stage, the Coachella is an integer. So yeah. when all of the integers intersect and create harmony, that's when you feel bliss or that's when you feel, um, yeah. you know, the highest sense of love. It's Why? like the yeah. it's feeding off of itself. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Like, you know what? If, you, if I put a music, a song on your Bluetooth speaker and you just pump your hand in your room alone, that feels a lot different than if there's even 20 people in that room still doing it off a speaker. Yeah. You feel a you connection, just, right? You like, feel the connection. Yeah. And I think that's, so take that on a, if we scale out on that thing, I think that's kind of what's happening. Like, you want to try to find ways to, increase the synergy between you and everything around you. Like Ramdas has a mantra that's like, I am loving awareness, right? Oh, yes. And that's like one of my main ones I'm trying to deal with right now. Every time I get fucking an angry in traffic or something, I'm like, he's doing his thing. He's got to go wherever he's it's going. It's not a personal attack. Yeah, it's... that's not my thing to connect with right now. And that's the thing that's maybe I'm not supposed to connect with right now. It's yeah. just a different integer. It's, not, it's on its own thing. But like if you're, I think that as long as you can take it upon yourself to try to provide as much connection for whatever's around you yeah. um, and be aware enough to take it in wherever it is and then be, can, yeah. yeah. And be aware enough to not be affected when there's a blockage in the connection. That's, ah. Then you, you can maintain your high vibration, maintain your awareness, and then you're setting yourself up for whatever success is. Be that, be that, that that success will give you more manifestation powers to build the life you want in this reality, or it will create uh, an energy that will go on to the next level, whatever's beyond this yeah. to go on to a better reality or become a part of something we can't even begin to fathom on a like quantum a level. Like yeah. Ascending. Yeah. I think that this is maybe a simulation, like a filter, like uh, if you're pouring tea and it needs to catch all the shit, yeah. this whole reality might be a thing where we're all things of tea and the shit will get caught but the people that are able to be those non-leeches those those giving energies the they'll bag. go through and that's what's on the other side they uh. whatever created this whatever this all is i don't know but i feel like it's an incubator for something that has to do with you being an an integer of positivity and givingness and when you do that, that's what that's the morsel of what they need to build whatever's beyond this. Yeah. And that's why every religion, every philosophical thought is basically preaching, don't be a leech, be giving, be humble, and and go to it's good shit. It's all the same that's general it. message. Yeah. With just different rules and regulations. Yeah. I know it's a really far out thought. What if? But that's kind of what I've come up with with what I think is happening. What if happening. it's like Monsters Incorporated and they're using <laughs> our joy to build some sort of terrible thing on the other side of whatever it is? Yeah. Like what if they want to catch all the good, the, the shit I talked about and they want to burn it and then yeah. they just take like, all the other all stuff. It's Yes. And now we build the, the global domination. The giant twirly mustache in the sky. Like, yeah. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yes. Now that I've got all of the homeless people that jerk off. <laughs> I will build a giant subway where nothing but people jerking off to each other. Even if that's the next, that's the after, that's the afterlife. That's so funny. <laughs> um, oh man. Do you do anything uh, regularly to cultivate a, a spiritual practice? Yeah, I try to make sure I meditate at least five minutes a day. 
And if I say five, it'll turn, it often turns into like 15. But as long as you take the time to go, I'm, I'm doing my five minutes right now. Yeah. I never give myself an excuse not to do five. Cause if you, <sighs> if you say I'm not going to do five a day, you're just, you're just, don't ever say that you are into meditation. You're just lying. You're like, you're not, yeah. you're not really into it. You want to be into it. Yeah. And cause there's no excuse not to take five minutes. five minutes, a day. five minutes. That's why I picked that time. Cause I wanted to give myself a no excuse time. And I'm like that with fitness too. If I can't get into the gym, I'll give, I'll do five minutes. Like I'll just go real hard for five yeah. minutes and then at least I've moved. And then at least I've like, my balls are sweating. We're good. You know? Yeah. And I'll by just, then you're kind of like kicked in. So you then you do end up doing 10. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But also it feels good to just get five minutes of intense running around. So yeah. if nothing else, you're like, well, I moved. Yeah. yeah. You feel good. You feel the good. Balls on, are indeed sweating. The yes. balls aren't good. Y'all just shadow box and do burpees for like five minutes. And then you're like, all right, I did it. I'll go shower now. And I feel a little bit better about myself. Yeah. You just got out some of that excess energy. Yeah. Cause I, it fucking, I feel like when I don't work out, which has been pretty regularly lately, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not good. Like the way it, my mental health is affected. Yeah. Yeah. That's Just huge. The the way how clear my mind is when I'm normally working out versus when I take mm -hmm. days off is insane. I, I think that they're so connected, man. I think that like working out for me is part of my spiritual practice too. Like it's a moving, it's essentially a moving meditation. Moving meditation. And I didn't realize that because I had worked out. I were, I've been going to the gym five days a week since I was like 14 years old yeah. until I was like 28. And then I got fucking busy yeah, doing the road. I got to overcome these jeans. Yeah, overcome these jeans. I got to get yeah. I got to get ripped. I got this weird Pakistani belly that comes out every now yeah. and then, oh, you know? Like, it's just extra. It's just extra tummy. It's just what happens, I have man. that body, I think. <laughs> you, have a, like, you have a Pakistani have, well, body? Um, not to be the most ignorant person in the world because it's not the same place, but I've always said I have an Indian dad bod. You have an Indian dad bod. But like bod. little stick arms enough. and like a little belly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I based on, uh, yeah. I don't know, an Indian you man I love. Yeah, you have a Gujarati body. Oh. That is what I have. <laughs> I didn't. I, I just, literally just. I was building on your joke. I, I know you. That. You were, yeah. but because I was gonna be like, which I based on the body of a guy dated who, that, and that's what he was. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, so funny. Yeah. So I think those two things in terms of what do I do to cultivate it? Just try to keep working out, reading stuff. Yeah. Um, meditating small mind. amounts. Like I just try to do small amounts. I think uh, I tended before to be like, I got to do all this stuff or it's no point. And now I've become more of a, like, just do a little bit, do something and yeah, it's see, better than nothing. That's you know? where I'm at. And I was just saying this to someone is like, I'm at a point where I've realized it's like, yeah, don't focus on that. Did I do everything? Just mm -hmm. do the one thing in front of you Yeah. and be grateful when you get that done. Cause yeah, yeah I go like, if I didn't do it all, I failed. Yeah. And, and then I will do none of it. Yeah. It's like 100%. You're setting yourself up to fail. And then also do like these little mantras as cheesy as it sounds. And I've never had like a mantra before literally two weeks ago. Like, That's but like so... this mantra of like, I am this, I am loving awareness thing. It's Every so time funny. I start My to get. My last podcast was, it's like a self, was a self yeah. love guru. And yeah, he started talking about it. About that, that just, quote? No, not that one. It was, yeah. I, I mean, it was something. Very similar. Very similar, but just mantras in general. I'm sorry. Yeah. Keep going. But just like, pro, it's almost like it's gotten programmed in my subconscious now. And like, so I'm getting faster to turn to it after moments of anger at strangers. Yes. And th that time is coming shorter and shorter and shorter. And I think it's just a matter of time before like, I have a millisecond of anger before it just washes away with he's on his thing. I'm aware of it. I love him for whatever he's doing. We got to have assholes that you got to have ups and downs. It's, yeah. all, it's all a formula. If it's well, a formula, like it's a way linguistic programming. Like yeah. you're creating a new pathway. Cause like you're, however you react to something, the more you do that, mm. the more that becomes your normal reaction. So yeah, yeah, if yeah. you've been an angry person, I mean, I've read books about it by, I don't know. Joe Dipenza has a book about it. Dispenza. I don't know how to say his last name. Mm -hmm. Sorry. But 
Yeah, just about how that's why you have to do mantras because it's not normal for you and you have to like create the pathway. You have to make it so your brain will go there first. Mm, that's and, fascinating. Because it'll go to the deeper one and the more you do something, the deeper the neural pathway becomes. That makes so much sense. Yeah, that I never I never thought about it that way or heard that, but that sounds, that makes 100% sense. And like, I never liked to do mantras. Because it seems corny. Because <laughs> so even the word, what I don't like the word. Like it seems so fucking corny. Like cartoonish, like yeah. motivational speakery. Yeah. But like, yeah, it is like I... I saying a phrase over and over, it, it just really does ingrain it in your head. And what you were saying about how you're quicker to get to that now, mm-hmm. this is, I have referenced this country song so many times in so many podcasts. It's, it came out like a year ago. There's a Dirk Bentley song where he goes- Getting drunk on a plane? No, but that's a great one. And everyone should do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's called Burning Man, actually. Oh, okay. Um, but he has a line where he goes, I still go crazy sometimes. Now I just don't stay there as long. Mm. And just that idea of like the more you like focus on building that like, I mean, emotional and spiritual uh, and mental health is the same as physical. Like you have to work it out. Mm -hmm. You have to, to maintain it. You have to keep actively working on it. So like, yeah, the more you are like focusing on positivity or like working on catching yourself in those emotions and going like, no, Mm -hmm. it's this. And I'm going to choose, like, I'm going to like, respond with love. Mm-hmm. I think it does get easier yeah. and easier. I think so. It's like, it's like choosing to eat healthy throughout the day. Yeah. Like it's always on your mind, but you can't you, So now maybe that's what I'm doing. Cause I've literally just started doing this in the last two weeks. Yeah. I've done, so it's the first time where I'm, I'm taking my spirituality out with me past the five minute meditation chair, 15 minute meditation chair. Yeah. So, so now like throughout the day, like randomly, if I'm walking and I find my mind lingering, my, my brain will go, Oh, I have a two block walk to the car. And you know, first I'll go out for my phone or something. I'm actually going like, I'm just going to like breathe and just think about how I'm loving awareness for two blocks. And I'm doing shit like that a lot more. I love that. Yeah. And I'm just like little doses of it, just little doses of mindfulness and just checking in when I just would normally reach for my phone and yeah. bullshit or something, you know, just present awareness. Yeah. We miss out on so much of that, especially with yeah. phones. It's like, when are you really just checking in with even just your body and like being mm. aware of you know, just physical feelings and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I was even at a audition earlier and everybody was on their phones and I was on one for a second and I did it and I just put it down like, and I just literally this morning and I just put it down and I was like, I'm just going to sit here and just like breathe um, and just be mindful of this. And when the, when I got in the room, I felt so much sharper yeah. than if I was on the phone just bullshitting because you're just connected with yourself. You're just in it. You know you're what I mean? You're already in your body, which is yeah. so good for acting, but mm-hmm. like for life in general, obviously. Right. Do you feel like, cause you, um, just cause you mentioned that you're now like spending less time in that angry area. Mm-hmm. Do you worry about, I'm more asking this from like a selfish, cause I do this. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't worry, is that all our questions? Affect, I mean, yes, truly, that's <laughs> life in a nutshell. Yeah. But like your, uh, do you ever have concern about like your personal identity? The more you like change spiritually, the more that like, oh, especially like as a, comedian writing material from a certain voice going like, am I going to be able to, I don't think that you have to like be crazy to be funny. Yeah. But like when I started comedy, my stand up, and, and granted it was a little, and I think this is common for a lot of comedians in ways mimicking comic comedy I'd seen before, you know, not stealing jokes, but like, Oh, they said, these are the themes they talk about, right. but it was very like, yeah, like drunk slut and all of those things were true. Mm-hmm. But then it's like having the material catch up as like you change. Do you find any like, what am I trying to ask here? 
Like, do you ever you find yourself your at odds where like you're doing material because you're growing spiritually? You're like, here's a joke that I like and I I wrote it and it's great, but like I'm this isn't really who I am anymore. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think that um I think I have a couple of those, but for the most part, since I do a lot of like socio-political stuff. Yeah. But there, just, but you know what? I'm I'm so fucking tired of politics that there are like moments where I'm like a lot of the stuff I've written is to like you know, bridge divides or make people think more, yeah, but I've just God, given up on humanity. Yeah. Yes. And I've just gone to the point where I'm just like, fuck all of you. I don't care what you think. I don't need to help you. You, you all have your losers. heads up your asses. Yeah. I'm going to Costa Rica to live on a fucking commune. Yeah. Um, but like, so some days I get that way where I'm like, I don't want to do this shit. But then like other stuff, like I was sober for six months. I didn't drink or do any drugs or anything. Dark. And then, yeah, <laughs> loser. But then, um, just to just to explore with it, I've never oh, had no, like absolutely. an issue. But just to clear, I haven't never had like an issue with it or anything. I just wanted to see what's on that side of reality. Yeah, and, let me get um, really clear and see how yeah, I feel. Let's see what this HD vision is like. Uh, and then I, and then to do some of my story, I had to like switch my stories a little bit, you know, or to be like, all right. And then it was weird because like I'm sober right now, and they clap. I go, no, don't clap. It's not that kind of thing. I'm just like trying it out. Yeah, you know? like I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna last. Yeah, this isn't a last. And then they go, no, you can do it. I'm like, this isn't. That's not. It's not an issue. Up. I just, just am like stop. right now. Yeah, having to yeah. explain it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but I think that um, I don't know. There's definitely moments where I know what you mean. Is it like, are you fucking with your brand when you start to grow too much? Or yeah, something? well, because I yeah, have I jokes that like, and they're you know, every once in a while, oh, you know, you pull kind of like older ones out because it it makes sense in the transition you're doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's jokes where like. I mean, they have punchlines, they're written jokes, but the gist of why everyone's laughing is because it's like, oh, we're all fucking lunatics. Right. Like the realizing as I'm telling a joke is like, oh, other women are laughing at this joke because we've all done crazy shit. Right. Like, you know, I yeah, mean, I have a joke yeah. where it's like, yeah, of course I went through your phone. I love you, which is not a thing I do. And yes. then now I do a joke where it's like, I don't do that anymore. Right. And then that's the joke. But like yeah. these moments of, oh my, like, are most people really like that? And like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. The, I wrote that like, We've all done it and people laugh because like we have. And now yeah. I'm like, oh, Ooh, yeah. oh no. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you hear like. Why were we, why was I ever doing that? Why <laughs> yeah. are you guys doing that? Yeah, you're like, I was 24. What's your excuse, 40-year-old lady? Yeah, you. no yeah. wonder you're here alone. Yeah, it's like when you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you hear like all the marriage jokes that make it sound horrible and all the married people are laughing so hard. And I'm like, this is. Terrifying. Yeah, why are you married? Yeah, I'm like, I would the fact and you could tell it's a this so true, that's so true laugh is, yes. the, is, the, is the vehicle of the joke, right? And it's like crazy and I'm like I would not be with someone if that was the case I did have a moment like uh two years ago when I was maybe like two yeah like two years ago when I was trying to get in touch with vulnerability and accept vulnerability and like yeah because I came from a very like I had two older brothers I played football all all this man shit right and so like to be okay with vulnerability and feelings and just like be able to just what all the terms of the word and the power of it so I had a lot of material about like I want to be vulnerable I hate how like men can't express themselves I had a lot of that material Yeah. so like I I don't even do any of those jokes anymore because I've done it now like it's been two years of working on it and I am okay with it and I'm vulnerable so but sometimes I want to do those bits because they're good bits or I have somebody who wants me to do this thing and like record 50 minutes of clean and I'm like oh that's a good clean bit but fuck I don't even want to practice it because I haven't done it in two years so i know what you mean it's like oh i've grown past that but then that's when you write new shit yeah that's, that's the, true you hopefully just you writing. fucking get it on serious before then i know <laughs> right and you're like get get those checks y'all yeah yeah no well then it, then you have to go like is my audience gonna grow with me or do i just find a new audience as i mm. because the, if i start writing like nichely about because i've always just written i mean mostly about my you know yeah as we do like our lives and our experiences but then it's like at a certain point, if we're making like 
jokes about things that Ram Dass talks about. It's like, yeah. is anyone is anyone listening? Are you guys- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But then you know what's crazy is they say riches riches are in the niches. That expression is more niching down is more relevant now than ever before. Like That's you, true. you know, you look at these guys who are like, oh, I'm like the the bro guru, and he's doing all these jokes that I thought were just inside jokes between me and my like friends and then you're like oh other people I'm like oh you guys also are into like the very much into the gym and burning man like this is a thing like you know what i mean like, yeah, or, like oh, there's a whole group yeah there's a whole group you guys are really into this and this kind of music and that you guys so we're here all along you're here the whole time so there's like something for everybody Everyone. um i guess uh, mine's more like tearing like really giving get like being okay getting rid of like the roots of me that was like we chug beer and right people have guns and stuff and it's like i don't really feel that way yeah, I know. I think part of it is like the setup. Like, I think that it's kind of like, I actually think it's even better. Like when I was in the six months of being 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 able to say honestly on stage, like, oh, I'm sober right now. And then do my craziest party stories. Yeah. I was able to get everybody to laugh because they're like, oh, you're safe. You're telling me about yeah. the way you used to be. Like, and then I was like, I should get sober forever because all my jokes just got way, all the jokes got way Because they're not better. like, oh, he's not gonna make it yeah okay. or they think you're advocating it the part the, the squares in the audience that don't want to laugh as much because they go oh this is like a commercial for you're debauchery promoting. yeah yeah well that's also i because i do material about mental health and that's like a slippery slope of like i think it has to be very clear that mm. i'm okay like i'm not yes. I have like a whole chunk on depression i'm like no i'm not like right now i didn't just i right. wrote this mm-hmm. which like is also like a joke within it but it is that weird slippery slope of how people will react to something because they're they can't let go of like the worry about you mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. the trying to write about anything that is like super vulnerable, trying to make jokes about really dark stuff. Yeah, like I have stuff about abandonment, and it took someone telling me like, "Look, I know like it's easy for you to make that joke because you've recovered from this thing that happened to you, but a lot of times the audience is like they're experiencing that for the first time when you tell them a story, and then they're mm. going like." they just see this woman up there that's like, why did someone do that to you? You know, or like, right. why, why would someone leave you? Yeah. It doesn't help that I look like a five-year-old. So people are like, oh no. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be very, your image is very sympathy inducing. You it's know, it's so, like, why would I someone- I gotta grow a mustache. Yeah, gotta grow the stash, girl. Because everyone's like, why, why would anyone do that to this poor, sweet girl? I'm, I'm a man. I'm a man now. I'm in a suit that's your too big. Ponytail and a stash. That's yeah. Bro, this new brand isn't working so well. I feel like I can't do my jokes with my stash anymore. Like, I don't why you put on the stash and then just like shaved some of the front of your hairline i gotta yeah. like make myself bald like, like you want to be a man but that's the look you that's, went with like balding yeah. ponytail guy <laughs> yeah did you guys did you just texturize the top so just thinning so how did you do that even <laughs> that's honestly impressive yeah that's i'm very impressed yeah i think with, the, with those types of things it's it's the jujitsuing and the finessing of all in the setup you yeah. know, it's all in the setup. That's what and, I love about it. Yeah. It yeah. That's the, that's the fun of that kind of puzzle, you know, is like, and once you get the setup right. Oh, I just hit my knee so hard. Keep talking. Oh, you're okay. It's fine. I'm dying. I thought you farted, but it was just I your did. knee. That too. Yeah. From the pain. From the pain. <laughs> Farting makes me feel better. <laughs> that's the only way to get the pain out. Yeah. Cause I just, oh God. <laughs> stub my toe. Oh, I feel free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. God. Just cut to Jessica in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> 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 yeah no we did it but there's like shit everywhere we found out where Baghdadi was but uh but it was not easy and we all got pink eye yeah we all got the just new kinds of pink eye that era pink eye <laughs> um would you have any advice for someone wanting to like get in touch with maybe someone who's like oh, i don't really feel anything spiritual but like mm-hmm 
trying to tap into that or cultivate that? Oh, man. Your shrooms? <laughs> I think that that's definitely part of it. You know, it's like we always said, it's like the shrooms are such a part of mainstream culture now to the point where like people are talking about them on every podcast and they're becoming decriminalized and stuff that now it's like, it's almost to the point where people are like, yeah, we've heard that a thousand times, right? Whereas yeah, it used to okay. it used to be a thing when I was 16. I'd be like, trust me, dude, if you guys do mushrooms, it's going to open your mind so much. It's, you're going to heal trauma. Like, yeah, I was like, you're going to learn to be humble. You're going to learn you're not the main the main hero in the story. Everyone's their own hero in their story. We're all just Yeah, you're going to like let that go. Yeah, yeah. It's like but narcissism goes away. But like, anyway, I would say definitely, yeah, do some shroomies, even if you want to do microdoses, but do them in nature. I don't, I'm not a big proponent of like partying with it. Like a lot of my buddies even like to party on mushies and stuff. And I really do think it's like, a powerful thing that can that can really help you if you do it the right way yeah, in the right I like community. To take, like, journeys. Yeah, I think going nature a lot, and uh, I think traveling. I think if someone really is feeling like an empty de- uh, a lack of depth in some way, that sometimes it comes. It can be a number of things, but I think one big contributor a lot of the time is all the distractions around us, the other energies from your friend groups, what your parents oh, want I you mean, to be, what people real. want you to be, what your job wants you to be. So if you have yeah, the, that definition of success versus like what actually yeah. feels successful to you, yeah, and, and then the definition of what going out is, the definition of what fun is, of what dressing good cool is, like all yeah. this is informed by the things around you. So if you just get away from all that and go somewhere by yourself or with one friend that doesn't judge you and take a long trip, like two months if you can or whatever you can afford. And along that journey, take the time to meditate and be alone from everybody and try to be in nature as much as you can. I think that that's a good start. You might come back and that's, you'll have fun too. It's not like, I'm, I'm not telling you to go on a 10, 10 day You're not going to do that and be like, this was the stupidest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah, No one's going to do that and be like, I fucking hate. Yeah. Stomach. Yeah, exactly. I miss my job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you don't got to go somewhere fancy. You go on a drive to tours of different national parks and just yeah. hang out and minimal. go a little outside your city. Yeah, like, a little outside know. your city. Just simplify it, or take a one week trip in somewhere and just just simplify it, man. Get away from things and try to just check out. Check out and be just get away from your norm. I think is a big part of it. Get away from everything that tr- might have the slightest, you know, input on why you are the way you are. I love that. Yeah. And then really quick, you brought this book here. Oh yeah. We're going to do this. Tell <laughs> me you brought it. So we have to bring it up. Okay. Okay. So this, I brought the Tao, the Tao De Ching. Often it's called, called the, it's pronounced Tao. The Tao. Yeah. Oh. The Tao De Ching. Very, very popular book. I'm sure many listeners have heard of it. If you're a layman, uh, it looks like Tao De Ching. It so does. I just yes. want you guys to know that. I'm trying to see if there's something from the back to reach. To just make, to simplify what it is. It's the uh, one exploration, the relationship between Taoism and Zen, the other explaining the roots, like the spiritual aspects of the Tao to the practice of Chinese and Japanese martial arts. Okay, that was a bad thing to read. So you said you'll just like open up a page and try to figure out what it means? When I'm bored sometimes, or like me and my girl were like, just like, high and feel like getting spiritual but like in a playful way That's i like yeah i like i like we have a lot of like books like these like so i've read this whole book uh through and through and i the, and the way it's it's written very like um poetically and mm. very vaguely so it's kind of sometimes hard to understand what everything he's yeah what is meant and everything i'm trying to see if i sometimes bookmark some pages but um but you know, I, so I'm reading through it the second time, but it's basically the, the, I think the general thing I've gotten from it so far, and I'm not a master of this fucking thing by no means, but is it's about the way the Tao is the way and the, the way, way, the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where going? Oh man, I haven't heard a fastball reference in not long enough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, truly we could have done without, that. we could have done so without sorry. the whole thing without the band. I'm not, no, I'm just sorry about the band. Yeah. Where were uh, they going? Yeah. <laughs> the wrong way. Um, <laughs> so the way is essentially 
I think it's kind of like what we would call God, the spirituality, the universe, the oh, it, okay. it's everything. It's the just way. the way. This just all is the way. And wow. and this is where he kind of talks about how like things that seem apart from the way things should be, bad people, bad things, they're just like blockages in the way. Oh. Like a like but they're part of the way. Like, like an it's, obstacle. Like it's like... an obstacle, but it shouldn't be viewed as negative. It's very fucking cryptic, man. It's very difficult. No, it's but like it's, it's just got its own It's got its own it's thing. Blocked. It's like a blockage, but it's part of it, but don't think about it. Don't try to fix it. Don't, don't try to don't don't get it. hung up on it and just kind of keep moving along with it and learning. It's a lot of it's learning to let go. Letting go of control, yeah. letting go of what you what just self, letting go of ego, let all the all the other stuff, but it's just it's just done in a really cool way. That's so um, cool. That's such a big part of I think a spiritual transition is the letting go. Cause I feel like like for me, that's where I'm at, where it's like, I've got like, you know, a foot in the door or like most of it in the door, but I still have that like toe behind me. Like, I'm not ready to fully accept this as like my new life. I still want to be like, no, beer bongs and stuff. <laughs> Remember me? Yeah. I'm still fun. <laughs> I'm still good. We can still hang out. Yeah, I'm not a weirdo. Yeah, I'm not just like boring. Yeah, I don't just read and I'm really happy not coming to this party tonight. <laughs> I, lo- I love this. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, I was, me and my girl were talking yesterday about how like she went out somewhere with some friends or something and she was like, how was it? Was it fun? And she's like, it's cool. You know, and then I was like, and I was like, you know, what's funny is how often we go to things now and we come back feeling like it was cool, I guess. Could have done without it. It's fine. Whereas there was a time in my life where I'd be like, let's go out. Yeah. Like there was a time in our life, I'd say between, you know, 15 to fucking 20 and for me, like 15 to 29, where I'd say 95% of the time I went out to meet up with my friends and do anything. I'd come back and go, I was so glad I did that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. But I'm like, are we going through like, you know, when you shift gears, if you have a manual car, there's times we get stuck. I think we try to find out what we like. Yeah. Because we're just not, we're not the same as we were, but we haven't fully figured out what it is. And yeah. not, not necessarily all of our peers or friend group are there. Yeah. So or then you are don't. going the same direction. Yes. And that can be hard, I think. Because it's like, you do like outgrow people and that's, I yeah. mean, it's a fact of life, but it's also like a weird, sad thing. Sometimes you try to like hold on to old friendships and you're like, yeah. does this person still enjoy this either? Probably not. Yeah. Like, and then try to figure out what you can do with them. Right. Like yeah. I think with some people I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, like I don't like to go out and party as much or do these types of drugs and whatever anymore. Like I did all that, but that's not my thing, yeah. but I would love to go hiking or go get a meal or hang out or go get just a sip of bourbon on the rocks. I don't know fucking adult shit that I yeah, do. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I like not just th- like spending time. Yeah, I want to go somewhere where we can hear each other talk, not where there's like loud music blasting. Yeah, I don't need to dance on a table ever I, again. I probably. think this is, the, for me, I'm 31. Are you 31 too? Yeah. yeah I think, I'm 28. Who's listening? 28? Yeah, yeah. I think this is 31 maybe. For I think it's just kind of like, oh yeah, like the, it's like the gears are shifting between like what you're letting go of all the stuff you used to do in your 20s. But you haven't gotten to what you are next. And you're still trying to figure out what that looks like socially. Yeah. You know? And, and also- yeah, like, I don't want to like, that's the thing is like the not wanting people to think, I don't want you to think I don't like you. Yes. I just don't need to come to this. Yes. And there's also an element of, I still got it. Yeah. Or like, I don't want, I don't want you to think I'm not into this anymore. I can still, I'm not old. Yeah, I can still fucking yeah. throw them back. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're we're back. not going to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not going to, don't make me, don't make, you're not going to make me or it's like, show I can you, still hang you? and then I'm out for three days. Like, oh, I can't. Oh yeah. I it got to the point that I realized like drinking heavily and even like drinking and smoking started to feel like a come down as if I just did ecstasy two days before. I was like, why am I so exhausted? Yeah, I'll get taken out by like a Mountain Dew. (laughs) 
a diet Mountain Dew, which I used to be like, it was diet. Like that's some sort of special. It was a different kind of poison. (laughs) Want me to try reading one of these? Yeah, we're going to read one and see if we can. Get it? Get it. I mean, so far they're all very cryptic that I've skimmed through. They're probably going to hear me turning the pages. But I'll read one of these in kind of a fast pace. Let's see if you get anything out of it. Okay, I'm listening. And he's really big on like non-judging things and losing concepts of good and bad and shit. I love that you're setting it up already. Yeah, like, just, so just so you, so you could, know, like this is where this is coming from. So. Just so you, yeah, because otherwise it's fucking confusing. The greatest good is like, oh, and to set it up for the listeners, this guy is like was a contemporary of- What's Conf- his name? Uh, Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu. So he's a contemporary of Confucius. Um, wow. He was like an advisor to like Chinese emperors. And when he was gonna, he was also like the, he looked after the libraries of like ancient China or something or played a part in that or something. And when he was like, when he got older, people basically were like, can you please write stuff down from all this wisdom that you have? So he wrote this book and he was like, I'm going to write it down, but I I can't, basically, I think he was kind of like, I can't really specifically tell you like what I'm feeling. I could just give you like vague ideas. Because, He's like, I'll try. Yeah. It's like, are you Tiresias? Are you a blind prophet? Fucking just write down what it is, dude. Tell us. He's like, Ugh. Yeah, there we go. The greatest good is like water. Water's virtue is that it benefits all creatures, but contends with none. It resides in places most men hate. Thus, it takes after the way. For a place to live, the land itself is considered good. For the mind, depth is considered good. For society, sympathy is considered good. For speaking, standing by one's word is considered good. For governance, managing the flow is considered good. For actual events, ability is considered good. For movement, the right timing is considered good. So listen, only in non-contention is there no blame. Hmm. Y'all can rewind that shit and try to figure it out. Yeah, I'm going to have to re-listen to that. Because your boy is lost. I was just like, is this all a metaphor for water? Is <laughs> water the metaphor? <laughs> That's why I like to get to the ending and go, where are you going with this? And then I go back and read it again. When I read the book, I would read, I would go through literally like two pages over the course of half an hour because I'd read a page and then I'd like meditate on it for five or 10 minutes. Yeah. Just, and then I'd read it again and then I'd move to another page. Interesting. And I kind of just got, when you finish it, you kind of just get a gist of what he's trying to say, yeah. which is why I'm reading it again. Wow. Are you um, finding like now that you're rereading it, you're like, oh, or are you still like, I don't understand. I got a little more. That whole thing about the way and the blockages in the way and just like it being how it is. I had some real, I had a real deeper understanding of whatever I just said a month ago. So I need to read it again. But I had a, I had a big light bulb go off where I was like, holy shit, that's what he's saying this all kind of is or something Yeah. Um, in terms it's, of all that. That's another thing to be like that sort of enlightened is not the word, but like far along in your understanding of like, quote the way mm-hmm. then trying to say it to someone who's like brand new you're like ah it's i think anyway like if you're an expert in any field and then you try to just have a general conversation about the thing you're an expert in like i think people get caught up in the like how do i my roommate he just walked out but uh, he has been a producer for like years and there's things that he'll just terms he'll throw out around like camera stuff and like editing and he says them mm-hmm. as if it's like a common knowledge thing. Oh, yeah. You don't know that? And then like, so I imagine, I mean, it's the same thing with like spiritual stuff. You for, It's hard to tell like, oh, what is something that I didn't know? Because there's so much we know in general that it's hard to believe that at some point we didn't know our colors, you know? Yeah. Or like... <laughs> yeah, 100%. We don't just... This shit is just a curveball of so much stuff. And uh, I wish I could find... there's there were some sections that I found in it that were like so cool. And they were so relevant to like what's happening right now, like stuff like about war and like, and he wrote this shit. It was so relevant right now. It was like war is hated by all good men and people like at all times find a way to manage the flow away from violence. And like, 
if you build up armies, you will find war. If you build up like this, uh, this and that. It was like really cool shit. So sometimes he gets more fucking literal. Oh, wow. And other okay. times this bitch just talking about water. Motherfucker. He's like David yeah. Foster Wallace. Yeah. yeah. He had a speech about, I don't know if you know what that is. Wait, who's, well, the name sounds really familiar. He's like an author. He did all this like great writing and he gave like, I don't even know. He's like a philosopher of sorts, like mm-hmm. a modern. But somebody once sent me, uh, and it was when I was, I mean, not to go like so dark. I was very clearly suicidal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a close friend, but that I hadn't seen in years. And they're like, hey, I think you should check out this speech. And it's a uh, speech called This is Water. Mm-hmm. And it's David Foster Wallace at a graduation. And he's just sort of talking about how, you know, like growing up and like when you haven't experienced everything, you're still, everything's like a learning opportunity. Like everything's so exciting. And then hitting adulthood and being like, getting used to calm mm-hmm. where, where that seems like what's happening uh, and like interesting uh, yeah anyways yeah it's like you don't have as much shit to worry about and then your mind festers because you're not looking yeah inward. Then, it yeah, was this whole speech yeah, yeah. about like learning to accept that like yeah like this is this is what it is and you you got to learn to accept it but then i right. found out that guy committed suicide <laughs> <laughs> and i was like you just sent me a speech from a man who committed suicide to get me to not commit suicide yeah um <laughs> which is very dark in a weird way to wrap yeah. this up but, yeah um ending on light notes yeah you guys check out Tao Te ching that's i'm promoting like yeah. it's your personal yeah book. i got my book Tao Te ching coming out <laughs> Thank you, uh, Lao co-authored Tzu, for by joining Lao Tzu. us. Um, <laughs> no, uh, this has been really great. Thank you for thanks for having me, me on. Pick pick apart your awesome brain. Um, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram or Facebook, or people are still using that. Ferrazozel, F E R A Z O Z E L. Um, well, I'll be at the San Jose Improv at the end of the month, day after Thanksgiving Perfect. that weekend. Uh, if you're anywhere in Southern California, I'll be semi-headlining uh, at the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa and I'm doing like 25 or 30 minutes. Oh, hell yeah. yeah Congrats. Be, That's awesome. Thanks, Those thanks. are both really awesome. Thanks, thanks. And I'll be filming that set so if you're in that area. Go, so SoCal, go there. NorCal, go, go there. there. Enjoy it and laugh. Extra hard if you're sitting next to the camera. Not that I need to tell you that because you will. But. Yes. Um, get yeah. that whatever you get that tape for whatever you need it for. Um, <laughs> for Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Content. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. Good hanging. Good talking. This was great. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, there you have it. Faraz Ozel. Journey from growing up Muslim to a cool spiritual awesome positive lifestyle um he's i just fucking love that interview he's such good energy it went on for a while because i could have talked about some of that stuff ad nauseum forever if you have more questions for him let me know maybe i'll have him back on a bonus episode uh or a follow-up episode excuse me um he was awesome so go follow him go check out his stuff he's doing a lot of colleges a lot of touring so go see him near you if you like the podcast and you haven't already please subscribe Rate it, review it on iTunes, share it with your friends because everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big, big thank you to John, Gene, Dustin, Greg, Kathy, Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots on my Patreon. Couldn't keep these episodes flowing without you guys. Greg, I'm going to holler at you because I know you're coming to the Tampa show and I just realized you rejoined the League. It's a whole thing. You guys, you can get exclusive. Uh... Just fun content. You get uh, access to um, bonus episodes, like I said, cool postcards at different levels and um, tickets to shows, et cetera, et cetera. So check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. I do this all on my own. No network and uh, occasional ads reach out, but I don't have time to do ad outreach anyway. 
And um, I don't want to sell you guys fucking bullshit products just to keep this thing floating. So a dollar a month is all it takes to get those bonus episodes. And it really does make a huge difference for me. Uh, and the more, uh, the more patrons I have, the more time I can put into this thing that I love so much that I occasionally have to neglect for things that uh, demand my time because I need money from them to pay my bills. <laughs> Oh, God. I think I just coughed, hiccup, laughed. What just happened? I am falling apart. Dear God. Um, come over to the Facebook group. Hang out with us. Chat with us. Start a conversation. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Um, it's a safe space for unsafe questions. It's Jesus. Oh, no. I have the hiccups. I got to power through it. I can't. I can't redo this. I need to fucking get this done. Um, it's not a place to start fights with people, but you're allowed to share your opinions. Sometimes we do get a few like, Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm going to probably say Jesus Christ after every time I hiccup for some reason, which seems very silly, especially given the topic of this po podcast. I hiccuped and I didn't say it. Um, I deserve an award. Um, I am a fucking slob. This is hilarious. Sometimes people share really uh, aggr aggressive opinions because they disagree with guests on the podcast, which is fine. Um, if you want to do that, totally cool. We can open the dialogue. Just so you know, a lot of those uh, guests we have on the podcast... Cast, uh, do end up joining the group so be prepared to uh, engage with those people um, in a discourse if you're going to do that or just know that they're seeing it I guess so you know maybe try, try to keep it uh, to the topic and without flagrant name calling is what we go for because that's not what the group's about we're not there to fight but we are there to hey if you have a question that you're like actually you know I read all these things that say this is a bad way of thinking but this is a thought that comes to my mind can does anyone want to discuss that, etc.? Maybe we'll start touching on political stuff in there. I don't know yet. I thought about posting a thing asking uh, where all my fellow libtards uh, are looking for their Democratic uh, candid candidate. Um, but then I haven't because I haven't had I don't have the time to engage, and I don't want to just throw that out there and then like leave it to burn alive. Um, anyway, come over to the podcast, and also please keep in mind that. Uh, Faraz, and for that matter, no guest is or uh, I fucking said that wrong. I'm having a panic attack because of these fucking hiccups. No guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. <clears throat> Motherfucking hiccups. They're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. Mother of fucking God. Uh, additional questions. You have a, a guest you want covered. Head on over to the Facebook group. That's the best way to tell me. Unless, of course, you would join the Patreon. Uh, you can also t tell me there. I'm going to fucking murder everyone. These goddamn hiccups. I am peaceful. I am love. I'm going to break something. Listen, I'll always do my best to deliver what I can based on what you guys want to hear. Keep asking questions. The more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Sorry, I wanted to rush through that because these fucking hiccups. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. You can't even, you guys can't even hear the hiccups. It just sounds like a lapse in me talking. I swear it's hiccups. I'm not having mini strokes. Oh my God, what if that's what hiccups are? Oh, oh God, I don't have time for this. Uh, see you soon, idiots.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.